May 11th, 2017. My name is Kellen Conley, and this is the world's greatest podcast, Hyphen Nation. Now, this is a special edition of Hyphen Nation, because not only is it coming to you only a few weeks away from episode 33, but I have a guest. I have officially my fourth ever guest on the show. Chee, 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 chee. After Eric Greenlee and Eric Jordan and Nikki Cannon, I have Marcus showing Mad Love Robinson yeah. on the show. One of the official sponsors of the Hyphenation podcast with all the great writing that he posts on his website at the Mark Rob, M A R C R O V dot WordPress dot com, where he just posted an uh, enlightening piece on Kendrick Lamar's newest album and his previous album, Damn and To Pimp a Butterfly. But before we get into that, before we find out what Marcus Robinson is all about, who came through with some Lon and Kugels <laughs> and some Bud Light, he's like, you want some beer? I'm like, bring some beer. On I deck. would not be against this. I would be a terrible guest if I didn't come through with something. You being here is, is enough. I will, This man, this man, I said, yo... I can do it at 9 o'clock on a Thursday because Aaliyah's upstairs asleep. I want a baby monitor right now. I was like, yo, if you can come to my house. never Matter of fact, he's never been in my house at all. I'm like, dude, just just come through and we'll, we'll kick it or whatever and do this podcast. And he came to my house and I wasn't even going to ask for nothing. I, would, I didn't offer to pay him because I can't even pay myself. <laughs> and he came through. So it, when he offered beer, I was all about it. But, but. Yo, you come through somebody's house, you got to bring gifts. That, like, that's that DC stuff. I, I mean, that's true. Because one of my best friends, Ed Brown, he, uh, he's yo, all about sh- that life. Shout out to Ed. Ed the phone positive king. Shout out to Ed. Ed's good people, man. Yeah, man. See, Mar- Marcus knows Ed. He knows how easy it is. I, I met Marcus years ago through Ray Drea, yeah. Monet, yeah. years and years ago man. when we were both younger men. Yeah, man. <laughs> no hair in the face. Just lost as hell, man, in these Morgantown streets, <laughs> In these man. Morgantown streets. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but we were having a discussion. I just want to sit, shout out Bud Light and Lon and Kugel as official drink of episode 34. <laughs> but he, we were talking about how Logan, I talked to you all last week, or last episode, about, about the Logan black and white film coming out. And I was hoping to get a major release that I could go see Logan again in black and white because I felt like it would be even doper in black and white and he just said they didn't do a nationwide release they're only in certain cities mostly Alamo draft houses so we were disappointed in that then he looks at me and says is Logan the best X-Men movie now now Dart Adams who I mentioned before he's on Twitter at Dart underscore Adams this guy is Already, I've already told y'all, hip hop historian, and he also is very nerd fresh. I'm wearing my nerd fresh T-shirt right now. It's it's appropriate. And he was like, Logan is the best X Men movie, and I think I even tried to talk 
about what the best X-Men movie was last podcast, but I think it was mostly Defending X2. So Marcus, I'm really hyped up, as y'all can tell. Marcus <laughs> said, is Logan the best X-Men movie? And I said, no. Because it's not, my response immediately was, it's not an X-Men movie. It's about an X-Men character. X-Men character. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I mean, we have the most, probably the most popular character in X-Men history. And then Easily. you have one of the most, I guess, best characters with uh, Professor Xavier in it. And they're basically, it's basically like a two-man show with them, with Spoiler alert, Logan's daughter, like, in the mix, right? Oh, man. I just so, lost all four of my listeners. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> hey, man, we got to bounce back, man. You lost four, we're going to get you eight back. We're going to bounce back. But, I don't care. I always drop the spoiler, and I'm like, spoiler alert. <laughs> so, I, mean, I don't care. You're good. Hey, man, if you love Logan, you would have saw that thing by now anyway. So, we're not uh, talking to you. We that's talk, true. We're talking to other people. But, I don't know, man. I personally think... I mean, two of the best three characters in the movies have been either Wolverine, Professor X, and Magneto. And these, like, mm-hmm. this movie, you know, definitely was a story about them. It was about basically fatherhood and growing old and, like, the life cycle and all that stuff. I don't know, man. Life, st- life cycle of an immortal man. Yes, yes. It's like, it's like Jay-Z said, if I ain't better than big, I'm the closest one. So... <laughs> So, if if Logan ain't the best one, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Dude, I can. I I just want to say I don't. I didn't mention it last last episode, but Patrick Stewart was awesome yes, in that movie. Absolutely. I mean, not only I think he got to show more of his acting chops because before he was locked up in the PG PG thirteen realm, and of course he's always been known for his Captain Picard. But then if you look at um, Patrick Stewart's social media or just some stuff that he does outside like he had that one show on stars i don't know if he still has it i can't think of the name of it i'm not going to do podcasting one-on-one and go google it right now <laughs> but like he, he's kind of a potty mouth yes. and seeing him and and um I almost called him james hallett who what's what the hell is um wolverine's name who plays logan hugh jackman, hugh jackman. yeah seeing him and hugh jackman just basically argue like Freaking um, old married couple. The whole film exactly. was awesome. Exactly was wonderful. Like when they when he first went into that little shelter they had built for him, so that he could not his powers couldn't get out. And he's like, "You can't keep me in here." And then Logan's like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "God damn you, Logan! I can't stand you." <laughs> it was, it was the, that really made the movie as well. And just another side note before we go on with this, uh, MTV movie and TV awards was last weekend. I happened to catch some of the categories while I was not actually sleeping on Sunday night. <laughs> and uh, Logan, uh, Hugh Jackman, and the actress who played um, Laura, X-23, actually won for Best Duo. And they got up there, and they were super excited, did like Wolverine stuff. And then Hugh Jackman was like, we've looked at it as a trio. So shout out oh, to Patrick Stewart as well. Nice. So. Hey, Phil Jackson, that's the real triangle, buddy. <laughs> that's the real triangle. Oh, man. But is it the best X-Men movie? X2 is really, really dope. X2 is really, really good. I actually forgot how good it was. I watched it a couple of weeks back. It still holds Did you up. go back because of my podcast? 
Actually, yes, yes, man. Yes, yes. Out here changing lives, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Hyphen Nation, world's greatest podcast. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, man. It holds up. Like, I think it's, honestly, it's, it's between them. Um, what, first Class, was it? First Class is up there. Yeah, first class. That was the first one Jennifer Lawrence is in before Jennifer Lawrence started becoming. Was Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence? Lawrence. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> and uh, before she started phoning in everything for the franchise movies. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's true. She did pull off Hunger Games 4. I don't know how she got through Hunger Games 4. Because you could tell at times she's bored, but she got through Hunger Games. Hunger four. Games three was that was a it was one of the uh, it was rough. Yeah, it was a little rough. It's rough, but that was their mistake for breaking it up. But as a whole story, I yeah. think it, I think it works really well. Uh, all right, if I'm going to separate my feelings of X Men characters, then I'm join the dark side, man. Just join the dark God, side. Logan's so good. It is but, so good, but. Shout out to Draft House for having right. an exclusive, but fuck y'all for having an exclusive. That's all I say about that. <laughs> Deadpool's better. Ooh, De- okay. Deadpool's better from a movie uh, from an artistic movie perspective. Logan gets it, but from an overall, if I had to choose out of a pile of X Men films from Fox, 20th Century Fox that have been made since 2000, I'm going to pick. Deadpool first. It probably go Deadpool, Logan, X two, the Wolverine, which was really highly slept on, but that ending sucked. <laughs> and then first class, regular oh. X Men, X Men two thousand, I guess is what you call it. I haven't seen Apocalypse in Days of Future Past though. Future Past, I think Future Past is it was good. I haven't seen Apocalypse. I heard everyone say Apocalypse was trash. So mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So that's definitely like a, a $5 bin pickup. But I don't feel like it's affecting my rankings by not having seen those. Oh, I mean, yeah. If it's like critically trash, <laughs> I don't need to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I can pick it up later. <clears throat> I, I agree with that. So I'm going to say Deadpool's one. Logan um, is two. Deadpool's 1A and Logan is 1B. Uh, yeah. Even that close. Yeah. I would. And then X two would be would be three. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a solid <laughs> X two, and then first class kind of fight it out for those spots. Probably next. Yeah, X two is the X Men that I grew up with that I came up with the comic books. Yeah, and then first class is two because they they nailed it pretty much all the way through. Other than that, yeah. I can't die guy dying. <laughs> if he wasn't black though, he'd probably have been okay. <laughs> Shout out to Holly Berry and her terrible ass African accent that she completely abandons in like the second movie. <laughs> she gave it up. She Yo. gave it up. I completely for. I thought I finished um, the podcast when I finished thirty three. I was like, I didn't mention Holly Berry at all. Hmm. I mean, Halle, she wasn't memorable. Holly Berry, if you're listening to this, because I know you are, you are oh, yeah. a national American treasure. The nineties, you own the nineties. Shout out to. Boomerang. Shout, shout out, out to, to Jungle Fever. Shout out to Strictly Business. Strictly shout, Business. Shout out to Flintstones. When you was bad and you was good. When you was mad. You was you Yes. Was Yo, yes. can Oh, I could almost do 15 minutes about how good the Flintstones original movie Yo, was. Sh- shout out to John Goodman. Yo, shout out to John Goodman. Yo, oh my God. Yo. You just Keep, keep talking. Mash. I like everything you're saying right Yo. now. John Goodman just got a didn't he just get a star or something? He deserves like a planet. He don't need a star, he don't need a planet. John Goodman's that dude. Yo, 
Shout out to like the first like five seasons of Roseanne, <laughs> but then they got like ultra weird, and I had to like you know tune out. But you no, know, going back to the Flintstones. Shout out to them, uh, McDonald's hard ass glass cups. Oh wow! Oh man, taking it back. Yo, we had the whole collection on deck. Like, <laughs> he, was, he was not playing with that shit, man. Yo, my oh, family man. liked that too. Had had all any time there was any kind of collector's glass. Had all them joints. Shout out to the <coughs> man forever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the Ritter yes. cup had to let the question mark as the handle. <laughs> yes, it did. Oh man. Oh, oh man, yeah. So, so I think we settled that debate. Though I'm going to go Deadpool. If I'm going to go all inclusive, if I'm going Team X Men movies, I'm saying X Two. All right. Okay. I'm, I don't know. I I love Wolverine so much. I'm going to stick with Wolverine. I'm going to stick with Logan right now as number one. But Deadpool, honestly, I would say top three is probably X Two, Deadpool, and Logan. Mm-hmm. So, however the power rankings go for that, I would I'm with it, but. But yeah, man, those are, can't go wrong either movie. Okay. Well, now that that's settled, Marcus showing Mad Robinson is here. Showing Mad Love Robinson. Marcus showing Mad. Marcus show, show is mad. <laughs> <clears throat> he started drinking Lion and Kugel and he's so angry all of a sudden. Oh, I show love, <clears throat> man. First question Who is Marcus Robinson? Uh, just a kid from DC, man. Shout out, shout out to everybody. From the whole world. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, nah, man, I am um, born in D.C. Southeast, uh, moved to PG County. PG County. Shout out to New Carrollton. <laughs> Shout out to New Carrollton. Uh, moved out there um, the late 90s, uh, graduated from Parkdale High. It's like 10 minutes from College Park, Maryland. Came to WVU 2004. Shout out to Engineering, who I was only there for like two years. But I hate science, so I went to education. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my wife would not be a very big fan of you right now. Oh, uh, it's okay. But <laughs> she's like, she's like, he's she's not here. I don't care. <laughs> but now, nah, man, shout out to all of WBU class 2011. Shout out to all the Ed grads. Uh, keep staying in school. Keep hope alive. Keep the kitties alive and all that good stuff. But uh, but yeah, man, I. Kid from DC, love rock music, love go go. You know what I'm saying? Love, I just love. That's why I'm showing my love. I just love, man. <laughs> you absolutely do. And that, and that's one of the reasons why we became friends is because we could have it have intellectual discussions mostly on Twitter <laughs> about things without us getting mad and actually wanting to, to fight each other over it because. Because a lot of times on Twitter, people be getting all lit up and stuff about dumb shit. And like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I've been watching too much of that Alexander Hamilton nah, uh, special. These, these, these <laughs> Twitter, doing these streets. These Twitter wars are real, man. Like people, like people getting these films over these tweets, man. Like especially the the dog Abby people. The, oh, the, shout out to the dog Abby people, the fish Abby people. Yep, the egg Abby people. Y'all going nuts, man. I do. I do got to say though that since. Since Donald became president in January, I do have to say that I have done an excellent job of reporting any of those accounts that have like walls of nothing but hate on them. And I've gotten a few of them taken off. So I'm doing my part on Twitter. Yes. Nah, man. Keeping the Twitter wars, the tweet waters safe. Nah, man. I hit that block on port of spam button like the Kimba in his prime. Oh, yeah. I can't be playing with these fools, man. Nah, there's there's no way. Yeah, man. All right, so you answered the first question. 
<laughs> you passed the first question. The next question is a question that me and uh me and Matt posed to each other when we first started our hip hop manifesto podcast years ago. And again in our very last episode we kind of went back to that same question. Uh so I know that you are a connoisseur of the genre of music known as rap. Or take it one further and call it hip hop. So showing mad love. Why hip hop? I mean why not, man? Like Think of all right, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> well, yeah, Russell man. Eastbrook. Uh, shout out to the MVP. I knew you weren't going to make out the first round, but shout out to you anyway. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man. Like for hip hop, man. Like I remember, I still remember the days of cassettes and like looking at album covers and like cassette covers and just like I remember Big Daddy Kane. He had this one single and he had like three like beautiful women draped over. I was like. What in the hell is this? <laughs> like, what the hell is this? And why does my dad own this cassette tape? Right, right. But um, but yeah, man, I remember my first cassette that I ever owned, the Biggie One More Chance single nice. with the remix nice. with um the the what with Method Man on it on the other side of the jump. But yeah, man, it's like the production, the lyrics, just like the the videos, like the nineties videos, man. Shout out to Hype Williams, man. Like, the 90s videos were just legendary. Oh, absolutely. Like, if there's any video I could relive, it would be the the uh, One More Chance video. Where, like, Heavy D, rest in peace Heavy D, he was in that drum, man. B, like, the brat, Aaliyah, Murray J. Everybody. Everybody was in that drum, man. I, I saw a tweet, and I retweeted it, like, maybe a week or so ago. There was a, they took a, a GIF of Jay-Z popping up in the DMX What's My Name video. Yes. And it was like... Like, I need an oral history of uh, fire rap cameos and videos. Yes, man. Like, And I, I was looking at it. I was like, dude, that was like common back then. Like, of course, Jay's going to come support DMX because they all supported each other. Yeah, man. I mean, they all had their little Eventually, beast, beast behind the lines and their yeah. own little, um, of course, the rappers competitive. I mean, of course, Murder Inc. wasn't a super group and it ended up being a label. But we're not discussing all of that. But the thing yeah, is. Man. If somebody was doing a video, there was a good chance that your favorite rapper might pop up in that video too. Yo, and have nothing to do with it. Yo, go back to the DMX uh How's It Going Down video. <clears throat> go back to How's It Going Down video. I've watched that video so many times. You, you see uh Jaru popped up chilling on the yeah, Jeep yeah, next DMX yeah. shirtless. Like Herb Gotti, like somewhere with the Rough Riders bandana on. Yes, like man, it was but yeah, honestly, like the it just it felt like just hip hop culture. It was just young and black. Like it just felt like it was us. Like because even in DC, like I mean, yeah, we have like we have national artists on the come up. Like we have Wale who's been established. We have like Goldlink who's like becoming established. Like we have like these DC sounds, whatever. But in the nineties, we were getting in, like an influx of just like. Even the West Coast, like, and pretty much, if you're over the age right now of like, like thirty three, yes. I guarantee your favorite rap. If you're from DC, I guarantee your favorite rap is either Scarface or Pimp C. Like, no, it's, <laughs> yo, it's Ed totally loves it. UGK. Yes, he like, put me on to UGK because yeah. I knew UGK from Big Pimper, but I didn't know. Yes. And I, I think, um, I'm trying. It was the album they put out after Big Pimpin', uh, and he, um. 
Because they had so many riding and dirties. I don't think it was riding dirty. Riding dirty was like 96. Yeah, it was before Big Pimpin. Whatever album they put out right after Big Pimpin came out. Big Pimpin was 99, so this is 2000, 2001. Um, Dirty Money. Yeah, Dirty Money. It's got this joint on there called uh, Ain't That a Bitch. And it's it's, uh, them and Devin the Dude. And Pimp C singing the hook. And... And this is the first time I heard this bar. Obviously, he borrowed it from what from what I learned um, once I really started educating myself on the form of hip hop. But Bun B opens his verse, and this is this is when I was like, "Holy shit!" And I kind of had my the South got something to say moment outside of Ludacris at that time because it's like two thousand one, two thousand two. I first heard it. Bun opened up the verse, and he said, I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened it and read it. It said, fuck you, GK. <laughs> I was like, yo, yes. yo, that shit goes so hard. Yes, man. Like, because we were getting, like, all that UGK stuff, like, even for, like, obscure groups, like, 3-6 Mafia even back then. I was getting ready to say. Like, like we was into that, like, way before that Grammy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, definitely during the... um. Ed, Ed was days, huge like, on three six, and he loved him some Project Pat. Yo, Project Pat. Yo, if there's a Mount Rushmore of like underrated like gutter rappers, like Project Pat is there, like no <laughs> problem. Like it's like Project Pat and like Styles P and like two other just random people. But yeah, man, like we were we had influx and all that, and we had like like even like when Fifty blew up, we was big in the Fifty when he came up. Mm-hmm. We was big in the J when he came. We, big, we were big in the Big. Big in the pot, like being in DC growing up in like the nineties, like we didn't really just like we didn't really discourage or discriminate against any of that stuff, honestly. Right. And so, even like going in that, coming to college in like the mid two thousands, like I was just trying to listen to anything I get my hands on, honestly. Like, um, but yeah, man. Oh, also shout out to Outcast. Who's big on Outcast too? Oh yeah. I still remember the Rosa Parks video. Like, if you want to talk about a video that like. Like get like a a twelve year old kid sprung like that video was legit. Yeah, that yeah, it, so it did that for me at fifteen. So yeah, man. you're not alone, man. Yeah, man, just everything about hip hop. I could sure use another Outcast album. Oh hell yeah, man! But I know it wouldn't be what I wanted it to be at this point. Yeah, man. So excuse me, I'm going to rephrase that and say I could really use an Andre three thousand album. <laughs> I can get Big Boy all in one. I think he got another album about to come out. He does. He does. So, here are going to be a little bit more rapid-fire questions. All right. Thank you for that thoughtful answer, sir. <laughs> and again, thanks for being here. No problem. So, what are you currently into that no one else that you know is really into on that Let Me Put You On Game, Steez? Have you listened to the Run The Jewels album yet? No. Okay, that's one. <laughs> that's that doesn't one. count, though. That doesn't count, because, oh, yeah, I don't listen to Run The Jewels because... I have a three-year-old. Oh, I work a nine-to-five, oh, and then man. I haven't even put. I've listened to the albums. I haven't. I haven't got the new Ross, and you know how I feel about Ross. Oh, I don't have. I haven't listened to Wale, and that's killing me. Oh, I haven't listened. I've listened to More Life, but I haven't listened to More Life, and I've listened to Kent, to Damn, but I haven't listened to Damn. Oh, I finally went back and just re-listened to, um, uh, uh, for your for your ears only, the J Cole joint. Oh yeah, because I listened to it the first time. I was like, eh. It's all right. But then I listened to that joint again. I was like, son of a bitch. (laughs) Son of a bitch, Cole. Because he's just telling the whole story. It's the exact same thing that happened with Kendrick, which I'll talk about um, when we get get into that. But yeah, I'm not. So, Run the Jewels don't count. 
Because there's plenty of people out there who fuck with Run the Jewels super heavy. I hope there are, man. I really do hope there are. Like, well, I haven't gotten to a lot of newer stuff lately, but that's because my MacBook died. Shout it doesn't to- have to be music. Okay. It can be anything. anything. You could just be into some random game. Um, you could be into a new form of Sudoku. I don't know. A new form of Sudoku. Um, I don't know, man. Like, uh, actually, because the, the reason I fucks with you, Marcus, is you <laughs> are you are among the tastemakers that I know personally. I hope so, man. so when I see you say some shit. I take that with a huge grain of salt. I don't just take the grain. I'm like, let me just hold the shaker and let me try this out before I, I decide whether I need that whole shaker or not. Actually, well, actually, the newest thing I've been into is actually a throwback. Mm-hmm. I've actually been sort of into James Baldwin, like a lot of like his old interviews. Lately. Okay. For those who don't know, James Baldwin, he's basically like a like civil rights activist outspoken literary guy. He was a writer before he, well, before he passed. Mm-hmm. Um, very prominent in like the civil rights era. He, uh, he passed within the last five years, right? Or was it longer than that? Oh, no, it was longer. He passed, well, I think he passed in like the 80s, maybe? Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm but, thinking I was the wrong person. Or I just am uneducated. I just called myself out of my own show. <laughs> nah, Welcome to the Show and Mad Love podcast, everybody. I'm the co- <laughs> I am now regulated to co-host uh, and color commentary. Nah, but go well, ahead. Well, no. Well, recently I saw there was a um, a movie, a documentary based upon like uh, not necessarily his life, but like his basically thoughts on like a lot of civil rights issues uh, called um, "Not Your Negro." I'm not your Negro, mm-hmm. and it may not be in theaters anymore. But if it's on DVD or like iTunes, please watch it. It's definitely, like a lot of eye-opening stuff, um, a lot of tie-in like civil issues between men. You and just men. wrote about this, yeah. I wrote okay. about this okay. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, because when you went, you went to the um, museum yeah. uh, in in DC. Yeah, yeah. So the, the email. See, I read my sponsors' work, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, so I saw the documentary. And that led me to like reading like a lot of different like things he's written. Um, a lot of he actually wrote about the funny thing is he actually he wrote about seeing Martin Luther King preach live. Mm-hmm. He like describes like the like actually preach. It. Yeah, like yeah, oh, like, shit. Okay. actually preach. He like describes like the electricity in the room, like everyone like packed wall to wall, like front to back, just like oh, the entire man. experience of it, like. Baldwin's like a really, really great writer. You talk about like top five preachers ever seen. Yeah, like <laughs> that's like number like, one. Yeah, like it was. He basically described it as like tangible electricity. Like you can just feel it. Like right. You can feel like everything MLK was about. So I was like, you know, definitely recently we got a lot of interviews he's done, like a lot of like stuff on YouTube. Like even to go to YouTube to search James Baldwin, he has a debate with this with this cat. Um, with this white guy who's like an ultra conservative, but this was in like the sixties and it was basically, um, debating on if America has like done wrong by the Negro and like, kept them from like achieving the American dream, or whatever. And you watch an interview, you pick your own side for yourself, but it's very, very telling. He's a very eloquent guy. So shout out to him. Shout out to everyone putting in work. Shout out to Maxine Waters. 
Shout out to everybody in the in the struggle for equality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. But other than that, so that so that that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. See, man. you're you're like I'm in the James Baldwin right now. Yeah, man. And like my thing would be like I'm in the Chris Smooth videos on YouTube. <laughs> that's something wrong with that. See, the thing is, like, it's it's totally fine to be woke, but you don't have to be woke all the time. And like, I and I think that goes into our our, conver- our main conversation we're gonna have later. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, it's okay to be aware of issues, but you don't need to be wake up, you know, brush your teeth, say, "Oh damn, white man got me down." Like, <laughs> like, 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 yes, we know the proverbial man has us down, but we can have moments where we enjoy life together. <laughs> oh man, this wake up fucked up. Yeah. Man. Oh shit. Okay. <sighs> All right. So, what do you despise? The most no way I can't say that. What do you despise <laughs> that most people are into right now? Oh man, that you can think of that you know that a couple of your friends just you see it, you see the trends that, and don't say Donald Trump because obviously uh, that would that be a my given. My friends aren't into Donald Trump. <laughs> 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 my friends are not into Donald Trump. Um, uh, the only thing. Oh, this is easy. Uh, Young Thug. I don't. I don't see it with Young Thug. Like, yeah. People, like the funny. I'm not even saying. I wouldn't even like call him trash. I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Like people love Young Thug. Like even the first song, Danny Glover. Like what? Well, I don't love. Mm-hmm. I got saving like a Danny Glover. Like that's. Uh, <laughs> I got future. I'm good right. future. Right. Um, and and you're a brave man for that because I came and I oh, came and do future. See man, oh, dog, you gotta get in Fifty Six Nights. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling Dude, you. I mean, everything sounds the same. He's like, huh? See, I, see that's... I group Here, here's a joint with Future that I actually mess with right now. What? It's that Maroon 5 single that's on VAQ plays all the time. <laughs> I'm like, yo, Ladies, that's where it kind of goes. Ladies and gentlemen, he said Maroon 5 song. <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> I, I can't say nothing. Oh, I man. used to be... I used to champagne them. Champagne. Cham- I used to champagne them. I used to champion Maroon Five like when they were first out, but oh, Adam man. Levine's overexposed the group so badly now. I mean, um, but I grew up on trap. I I grew up on trap rap. Like I love, like I think Ill, I think Illmatic is probably one of the best albums ever. But I love Project Pat. Like, <laughs> so see now, I, Pat. Pat. It took some. Took some learning from me, cause I was that dude like, I'm like, what? Here's a three six mafia flow. No, if, <laughs> this is gonna sound offensive, but this is how I always heard him. It'd be like, ride my bike, smoke some dope, find a bitch, do this thing, going down. Oh, add the mountains of cocaine too. Coke and coke, coke and coke, scissor, 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 and I never got it until Ed and really he's like, listen to this, and I just listened to it finally. And it was more like he was playing it all the time. And I, I finally caught it and I understood it. And I was like, and that's why I had more respect for Pat and Juicy. And and don't say it. Don't say it. I was just thinking about him this morning uh, for some reason. Thinking about 361 in the Grammy. Who was the other dude? Saul. <sighs> DJ Paul. Yes. One of our <laughs> friends at, at, at uh, Potomac State, when we all were there, we called him DJ Paul for that wow. reason. And I drew a blank. Sorry, DJ Paul. Um, <laughs> Crunchy Black. Oh, uh, yes. Gangsta Boo. Shout Gangsta, Gangsta Boo. Boo. Lord Infamous. Oh, rest in peace, Lord Infamous. Yeah. Shout out to Gangsta Boo who murdered 
uh, Run the, the Jewels too. Yeah. Yes. I was just reading about that yesterday. Yeah. And man. then I shared it. And I was like, this for y'all Run the Jewels fans out there because I don't know if I'm one. Yo, you know what? <laughs> I shout, didn't say that. You know, shout out to all the female rappers who in 2017 have disappeared other than Remy Ma. But shout out to Gangsta Boo. Shout out to LaChat. Shout out to Mia X. Shout out to Foxy Brown. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to Lil Kim, Trina. Yo, Trina, Trina was on Run the Jewels too, wasn't she? Yeah, she was on the last one. It was on just three? A, it was a hook. Yeah. But nah, man. Like, shout out to all these women empowering other women to be women. Shout out to y'all. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, man. But, 100%. But uh, yeah, like, I'm not even a young thug. Other than that, like, um. Yeah, I wrote something a few years ago about why do I have to be into it, kind of centered around that, because I was arguing my friend Leanne and Corey. They were like, yo, young thug, thug is the truth. Thug is the truth. I'm like, the truth what? <laughs> like they're saying that he said he's got some dope bars. I'm like, how do you understand them? Is something wrong with my ears? Am I missing it? Nah, so it's, it's not you. Go man. ahead, man. We gotta get you on future though. We gotta get you on future. <sighs> Dude. You know what? You know what it is? Future has so many songs that like a lot of the stuff can get lost if you're not like guided. You need a spirit guide. To guide you through the codeine so, and the Xanax. So, make a note on your on your tablet All right. to write the guide to listening to Future. Okay. And if you write that and make a little <laughs> Spotify playlist or something, okay. I will go out of my way to listen to it. All right. Okay. I got you. Okay. Got you. That's fair. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Next question. Did you hear Michael Rappaport's... Hot take on the Bill Simmons podcast the other day. No, what was it about? It's about Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> now, of course, Hamilton is has since it came out like what two years ago. Yeah, it has become a critically acclaimed darling of Broadway. Yes, rightfully so. I I have not listened to the soundtrack. I've heard some of it, and then I've of course not seen it because I don't have a thousand dollars to throw away on a ticket. <laughs> Um, I have checked out, and I mentioned it last podcast, about uh, the um, Hamilton's America special, and I watched that a lot, and I really, I'm really, i really taking a lot of inspiration from Lin-Manuel's work on the whole idea of the, of the play coming into life. Michael, <laughs> Michael Rappaport's hot take was that Hamilton was trash, and it ruined hip-hop, <laughs> and that, oh, and that he said... He's like, you don't go to the streets. You don't go to the streets. Nobody's listening to the fucking Hamilton soundtrack. That's not hip hop. Wow. That's not, yeah. And Bill Simmons was laughing his ass off. And he said, I've been doing this podcast for 10 years, and that might be the hottest take no, that anyone has ever take. said. Like, you, uh, you, when someone says something ruined hip hop, it's going to be a hot take. Like, Absolutely. It's saying hip hop was ruined by Hamilton. By Lynn Manuel, who is probably like, like the most well-meaning, eloquent, like very thoughtful ass human being, mm-hmm. who actually represents hip hop in a great fucking way, to say that he ruined hip hop, like that's just a take. My eyeballs melted out. Like <laughs> I gotta grow my eye, my eyebrows back. Like that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it, there was a little clip uh, from the Ringer's Twitter, and I listened to it in Rappaport. Being Michael Rappaport was going in. And I found it even more funnier because I just listened to an episode of the Bill Simmons podcast where Rappaport was on there. Yeah. I was like, man, this like Rappaport's awesome on this show. And then he says some shit like that. 
I mean, no, man, I can't get with that. I can't get with that at all. <laughs> I mean, I well, I have not seen nor listened to the uh, soundtrack, but from what I've heard from reputable sources, that it's really, really good. When like, Questlove and Black Thought sit in this documentary that I was the Hamilton's America, when they sit there and say this is a life changing yeah. show, and then Questlove, of course, Questlove is he's us. He's one of the world's biggest nerd fresh people. He's like, I've I've had to go see it. Not this is a humble brag, mind you. He's like, I've had to go see it about seven or eight times, and I'm still catching new things in it every I, single time. Only Questlove can get tickets to this like <laughs> eight times, like it's nothing. Well, Lin Manuel loves the roots, so that okay. that probably has a lot to do with that. Um, Not that he's dropping, he's dropped nine thousand dollars to go see Hamilton nine times. Honestly, he probably would too. He probably would. <laughs> that Tonight Show money is no joke. That NBC money, son. So speaking of Lin-Manuel, here is my hot take. (laughs) Go for it. Is Moana the greatest Disney? No, wait. Is Moana the greatest movie soundtrack period of all time? (laughs) I'll let you go for that one. (laughs) I only say this because this is what Aaliyah's into now. We watch Moana almost every single night. I listen to the Moana soundtrack in my car throughout the day. And I'm pretty convinced that it's a solid freaking piece of work, and it probably should win like all the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. All the you're Grammys. welcome. You are welcome. <laughs> That's funny. But on, on to our last uh, last uh, quick question here. Um, as we watch the Spurs throttle another Dan Tony team in the oblivion by a lot of freaking points right now in the fourth quarter. Um. Wizard Celtics are going to Game Six. It's back home in DC oh, at the MCI Center. Verizon <laughs> Center. My man said MCI. <laughs> oh man! I said, that, I said that as a joke. <laughs> um, but but seriously, after what happened last night, where the Celtics found that second score, where I'm um, not Al Horford, but Avery Bradley scored 29 points, and then you just didn't have an answer for Isaiah Thomas in the fourth quarter. What do you think your chances are of pushing it to seven and going back to Boston on Sunday? Uh, well, we're going to win game six. You're, you're going to win game we six. We're going to win game six. Okay. I don't think – I think it's going to be closer than what the games have been so far. Every game has been like a, a shit show blowout for either team. Yeah. I think – I don't know. I think – Well, game two wasn't after the Celtics came back. Yeah. yeah. And Isaiah's did it for his sister, essentially. Yeah, caught the spirit. Yeah, well, may she rest in peace. See, I can't talk. I can't. Well, yeah, rest in peace to her. But I can't talk about him because I don't want to like give like the terrible hot take. <laughs> I don't want to say fuck him, but then you know he playing for his sister, or whatever. But um, but nah. Like, <laughs> 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 yes, it's a, just a here's the thing, Marcus. Are, you just did. I mean, see, I can't say fuck him, and I'm and not I'm editing like, this asshole. shit. I do as little editing as possible. Oh, no, I mean, yeah. Well, as a being a human being, yes, his loss was definitely terrible. And then going back to work like right after that is completely awful. Yeah. That being said, like I legit hate any professional team from the Massachusetts. Like I that is just not my thing. So other than when KG uh got the ring there, I love KG. Other than that, like oh, other than them and Big Poppy and Pedro Pedro with the jerry curl. He had that zone dripping. Yes, he did. But, yo, shout out to Pedro, like, one of the best pitchers ever. 
But you know the Sox are my my baseball team. Right? I I know, man. I mean, y'all got some y'all y'all got some, y'all fans, man. Y'all fans, wow. <laughs> but no, yeah. like I mean, we can talk about that too. But we but, all, there's 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 a precedence for that kind of shit. Oh, They're going back to Bill Russell. So uh, well, yeah. I mean, I being being a DC sports fan and Joel Ward closed out the Bruins like three seasons ago, mm-hmm. and I saw all the shit he got, so I already knew the jig was up, but that's neither here nor there. Going back to IT and his missing tooth, we, the Wizards are going to win, but something... Blowout, or is it going to be close? I think I think the Wizards are probably going to put up maybe 110, Celtics going to put up like a mid-90s score, low-90s okay. score. okay. It'll be a it'll be a good win, but not like a total blowout. But I think Game Seven, I think Game Seven, we got to take it, man. I've been saying Eastern Conference Finals all season. You have been, so I got to ride this wave. And man. this is the best John Wall's ever played in his career, right? I'm, okay, here's another hot take: John Wall is the second best player in the Eastern Conference. Let that sit for a second, John Wall. Is the second best player in the Eastern Conference of the National Basketball Association. Now there could be a case where Giannis, being a baby LeBron, you could say it who can drop forty like it's nothing, but he can't defend a paper bag, man. And Giannis, Giannis is what behind the ears. Other than that, who you gonna say? You can't. You, you can't say. Kyrie either because the same thing is wrong with Kyrie is wrong with IT. He can't defend worth a shit. He's no Steph. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about not defending? Yeah. Um, uh, who who else? Mellow this season? Yeah. I've been off the mellow train for years. I was oh, so man. mad when he went to New York. Shout out to Mel- shout out to Lala. Shout out to Lala. Get back with Mellow, baby. Go well, that that's fine. That's fine. You can go back to Mellow. But dude, I'm one of these random nerdy Facebook groups. I mean, somebody posts a picture of a bunch of these black actresses like Taraji and and uh, uh, Regina Hall and all all these very fine women. And I saw Lala. Lala is T H I C C. Lala got her group by 2K17. Like, she out here, man. Like, she's out here. Dude, doing I saw her in the new edition movie. I was like, is that Lala? <laughs> I was like, dang. But no, well, okay, so. Lala I, was I, my candy girl in that so movie. I gave a hot take that Wall is the second best player in the Eastern Conference. I'm trying to figure out if I can dispute you on Ooh. it, is the is thing. I mean, because Jim, because uh, my, my initial reaction is like, Jim, Jimmy's better than Wall, but no. Jimmy's not there well, because Jimmy. Uh, well, I mean, that's my guy. Yeah, that's your guy. Um, because Jimmy's only—I think he's in his fifth season, so he's stuck in a crappy offense, a, cra- a crappy front office, crappy coach situation. He's probably going to get dealt this offseason. At least I hope so. If the Bulls, if the Bulls make him ride out to 2019 and squat potentially squander his prime, that'd be some real Clipper shit. <laughs> um. Uh, and I'm talking about Sterling Clippers. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, he, who is okay? You can't say Paul George. Giannis is is fun to watch, and my friend E, he's real big on. He's like 
he was saying in the first row, he's like, yo, Giannis is almost must-watch television. Like, we should have We should have the Bucks, Cavs second round. Giannis <sighs> versus LeBron would have been epic. That would have been nuts. I don't. The Raptors make me so mad. <laughs> Not oh. that they got swept. I was happy about that. Oh, but the sick. fact that they came back <laughs> and got out of the first round. And it's like, I, I don't think DeRozan is anything. And I don't think Larry is anything. Nah. I feel like I hate that. Drake is the face of the franchise. <laughs> and Drake doesn't even root for y'all that much. He, he rocks no, about the Warriors. He didn't show up at, for months until games three and four. I can guarantee you he had oh. not touched seats in Toronto since before the new year. Yo, gee, oh, Drake is the biggest bandwagon fan ever. He I'm bad, is, yo. Man. I mean, the funny, if you're rich and famous, can't you even be mad at that, though? Like, okay, you, okay. Okay, let's say yes. As come, a sports fan, I can be mad at it. Oh well, okay. Sports fans are irrational, but it's okay. <laughs> but See, no. Drake isn't a sports fan. Drake is a fan, <sighs> and I, I think I've seen this written elsewhere that Drake is the biggest fanboy of everything. He do, he. I think he. I think he actually likes basketball. Yeah, but he loves basketball. I'm not disputing that. But yeah. but he's one of those people that when it comes to basketball, and I've run into a few of them now, where they will say, "I don't have a team." I like certain players. Yeah. I like the game. And it just so happens that Toronto is in his city. Um, so he has to kind of wave that flag more than he probably wants to. Definitely, definitely. Who's uh, second best player in the East? I, I don't I just, you can't say Paul George. Paul George bricks game winning shots like it's nothing. His cl- yeah. I saw his stats shooting clutch jumpers. It's not good. I feel like I'm missing someone. I mean, you want to go Hassan? But Hassan no, Hassan's like, Hassan's not, not dominant, man. Like he's not there. Hassan's a good big man, but he's not. Chris, he's not even on the level of who's the last dominant big center in the league. Uh, Yao, maybe. Oh no, center. Hibbert had like a year. Hibbert had a year. Yeah. That doesn't <laughs> a count. Year. A year doesn't count. He had a year, and he didn't average. His numbers were good. But they weren't running. He wasn't running the team. He wasn't putting up twenty five and twelve every night. You know, Boogie, Boogie could be that guy, but but Boogie's in the West. Yeah, he's in the West. All right, so okay. And Boogie's kind of a head case. We oh, need to yes. see what happens next season once he's fully away from the Kings. Whether he resigns with uh, the Pelicans. We're forty five minutes in already. By the way, <laughs> we going, man. We, we going. We got. We have to figure out this question. So if I, if my, my if my high take is wrong. At me on Twitter, Sean Matt Love, S H O W I N. He said a couple line in Google's can't remember how to spell it. I spelled it right. I spelled it right. But no, like, I mean, okay, you can, like, tell me, man, Chris Bosch not even in the league anymore. No. Definitely not D Wade. No, Wade's, Wade's been done since 2013 finals. I'm telling you, man. 2014 finals, whatever year they lost to San Antonio. I'm telling you, John Wall. Gosh. It's I'm not, trying to think who's not, in the freaking East. Not Kevin Love. No, Kyrie. Kyrie can't. Yo, Kyrie. Other than when he he strapped up Steph Curry on that one possession game seven, people talk about that one possession like it's, it's Kyrie. It's not Kyrie. Can't and I will defend. tell. I will. I will tell you why though. Okay, let's I get will it. give you my defense. Let's get it. John Wall is great, and I honestly can't think of anyone other than Kyrie Irving for this reason only. I went to Kegler's on Sunday to watch Game Four. Okay. LeBron <clears throat> had multiple turnovers. The Cavs were blowing the lead most of the fourth quarter and some of the third quarter. Blowing this game. They were going to go have five games and finish them off in Cleveland. 
it was without a doubt done. Then Kyrie scored 11 points in just a few minutes to extend the lead and put it out of reach. Kyrie, while he didn't do anything defensively that was like, oh my God, he came down and he, he had a layup. I think he, he may have got to the line. He had another layup and then he hit that step back three. And I looked at my friend Anthony and I was like, that's shades of, of the game winner last year. I said shades. He knew what I meant. It was shades well, of game well, seven no, last like, year. Uh, so that's a, that's a big, okay, the argument between. Kyrie. I'm telling, I'm telling, okay. The argument between Kyrie and Wall, here, here's where Kyrie loses. How can you, this is a big question that everyone needs to ask, answer. How can your starting point guard barely average six assists for his career? He's undersized too. That's easy though. He plays with LeBron James. He's only played with LeBron for three seasons. I'm talking his career. Right, right. He's been in the league though since what, 2011, 2012? Who did he have before LeBron came back in 2014? He was playing with... Mums, he was the team. But look at I guarantee if you go to his basketball reference right now, I guarantee these last three seasons, he's not above six and a half assists a game. I guarantee. And his but and his defense is is league worse. That is true. He probably isn't. You can look it up and check. But here's another thing you're leaving out. This goes back to LeBron crying a few months ago about we need a point guard. I mean, if LeBron says it. The question was, wasn't was John Wall's a better point guard than Kyrie. It was okay. the second best player in the Eastern Conference. If I have to pick here, here, let's get Simmons. <laughs> let's, take it, let's take it to the Simmons level. Let's take it to the Simmons level. So if you take Kyrie and put him on another team, does he make that team worse or better? Same with John Wall. So I'm going to throw two. I'm going to. Throw you two examples, and we're going we're going to put them in the East, okay? Okay. And just literally put them on the team, not worry about anything else, okay? So, Kyrie Irving on the Toronto Raptors does does he make the team better? I don't. You take now now now, mind you, this is Kyrie essentially going against LeBron. So it's LeBron, Cleveland's best player against Toronto's best player, who is Kyrie Irving. And then same thing if John Wall is on the, on the Raptors. What, who makes the team better and who has a better chance of beating Cleveland? Would it be Kyrie and the Raptors, who still have Lowry and DeRozan, or do you have the, uh, Ky, uh, DeRozan, Lowry, and John Wall against LeBron and and but but that's like Wall is Wall is a great facilitator, and I'm looking at Kyrie's assist totals this season. He averaged five point eight last season, four point seven assists. You gotta remember the last season he missed a whole or, a huge chunk of it because yeah. he was coming back from knee injury. Season for that though, five point two, and and Wall yo Wall and that was him learning to play LeBron. What about season before that? Before LeBron came back. He had six point one. What about before that? Five point nine. And his so first, he's, his he's, first season is five point four. So he's right around six. Does it does it have his college stats on there? Uh he only had like he was one and done, and I know he missed a bunch of time. He didn't he play like thirteen games and like Duke? He didn't play long at Duke. No, because he was he hurt himself. Yeah. Nah, this is his uh just his, his pro, pro stuff. stuff. Okay, okay, so 
But that's the thing, like... Get his high school stats up. Let's see what he did in high school. Uh, But no, like, okay, because John Wall... John Wall facilitates. Like, he runs the offense. Like, he... And he actually runs the defense, too, to a certain extent for the Wizards. John Wall is a better defender. Absolutely. Yeah, but... uh, But... If you're talking about like offensively gifted players in the NBA, Kyrie's probably top five, like below Steph and Katie and LeBron. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking of like long term. Like if you're saying I want my starting point guard to not only score but to defend and to facilitate to make his team better, that's John Wall all day. But if you're saying I need a bucket, give me a bucket, you're going to go with Kyrie. I'll admit that. So it really depends on what you want for the team, man. It's a it's a never ending argument, man. It's a never ending argument. <laughs> you know, I, I you will know say, what? you know what the subtle is? Wizards win game six, win game seven, wall cross the fuck up, Kyrie, and go to the fucking finals. That'll settle it. It won't, but John. Won't How many better. line includes you had there, buddy? And one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> You've had too much. You were cut off <laughs> talking about that. Talking that Homer craziness right there. Oh, man. Shout that, that's, a, that's a great take, though. Shout out to Gortat. People people give him a Gortat hell. He's just, we don't have a backup, a true backup center, so he getting ran to the ground. But shout out to Gortat. I love you, Gortat. Love you, man. <laughs> <sighs> so, the reason why we're here. Oh, yes. Other than this needed to happen and other than the fact that I got handed the opportunity to record a podcast on Silver Platter. <laughs> and other than the fact that he brought beer. <laughs> <laughs> beer makes the world go around, man. So what? <laughs> that is the name of the episode. <laughs> Let me get that down before I forget it, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> beer makes the world go around. That's how we operate here at Hyphenation. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> Years ago, a little album came out, the debut major label album from Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar Duckworth came out and it was called Good Kid, Mad City. And following much hype and me being behind as I've been on music, let's say for a good five or six years now, <laughs> um, finally listened to it and I was like, meh, it's okay. Sorry. Uh. And... Marcus had tweeted me. He's like, yo, what did you think of Good Kid, Mad City? And I was like, eh. He was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, eh. <laughs> and he's like, dude, do you not realize that he's telling a whole story throughout like like a day in his life and stuff? And I'm like, no. And he's like, you listen to the album, right? I'm like, yeah, listen to it. But I mean, it just sounds like a bunch of songs and some weird skits and stuff. <laughs> People getting shot. He's, and he's like, listen to the whole album. You like really listen to it. Listen. Listen, get that old DJ Khaled in there. <laughs> so I went back and re-listened to it, and I was like, "Oh, that's dope. That's a that's a great concept, start to finish." And then once I realized what the journey was, how it went start to finish, then I really started breaking it down over time, and really enjoying the money trees, and. He asked me what my favorite song was. I'm like, bitch, don't kill my vibe. He's like, I'm on Money Trees right now. Money what he Trees said. is a classic. Money yes. Trees is a classic. Um, Backseat Freestyle. Um, which some people may say ruins the album. But in the story of the... 
Uh, I think Chris FX says it ruins the album. Oh, but in the in the journey of the album to hear that, yo, we got some beats, yo, Kendra, we got some black and milds, and you know how I feel about my black and milds. Oh no, <laughs> we we gonna go, we gonna do this. I can't remember how they say it in their West Coast slang. I don't even want to try to say it because I know I'm gonna mess it up. <laughs> and then all my life, huh? And then you get you get into the joints like, um, oh. Bring me a track list. I got shit on my phone. Yes. Um, because so. I'm thinking about the joint with Anna Wise on it towards the end of the album. Um, because he has one where he's like writing from the different perspectives of each person. Sing about me. Sing about me. Yes. Please sing about me. Like th- that one. And then what? What's the other one that she's on towards the end of the album? Let's see. Oh man. Uh. Real? Yeah, I'm real. I'm real. And then the thing that the thing that really grips me every time throughout this story, besides Shereen being a trifling hell, <laughs> is when after their boy dies and they all get back together, they've went out and gotten revenge. Grandmother talks to about God and about Jesus. Now they all need this in their life. And then the album finishes off with Compton, which is, which is super dope. Now that song takes it out of the out of the narrative, but by then the story's over. Yeah. And Just Blaze killed that beat, yeah. and I like the fact that Just Blaze put his tag on the very end, just in case you weren't sure. Because I was like, "This is Just Blaze. This is Just Blaze. Just yes, it's Just Blaze. Yes, it's Just Blaze." Sidebar: Did you watch any of that Swiss Beats Just Blaze battle? I did. I never finished it, but I finished uh, it. Oh, I finished man. it. Swiss was real fucked up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just Blaze wasn't it. It kind of got messy. I wish they had done better on the, on the video quality because they were doing it live. And yeah. that's kind of what the Hot 97 feed is on YouTube. But it, it was super cool. Things got a little heated. And then Swiss dropped this unreleased track that has DMX, Jadakiss, Jay-Z, and uh, um, um, oh, who was the other person on there? Nas on it. Oh, man, yeah, sad, and man. it's it sounds super dope, but it might be one of those things where it sounds dope when Swiss is mixing it, and it comes out and it's like, eh. But back to Kendrick. Um, but my favorite song to this day, if I had to pick one song to listen to right now, it'd be Me and the Homies. Ooh, okay. Because, one, Me and the Homies embodies what, as a man, you do. Throughout your life, you find friends, you bring your friends together, and then you and your friends do dumb shit together. Art of pressure? Yeah, art of pressure. Thank you. Now, we don't necessarily break in people's houses looking for Nintendo. Yeah, we don't do that. (laughs) But we we might go cruising down the streets. Some of us might be a little tipsier than others. (laughs) Get it. I apologize in advance, but might see see something outside the window and you holler at it. <laughs> we we might challenge each other to drinking games. We might go out of town and have a crazy weekend for a bachelor party and then lose our friend on a roof. We might do those things. <laughs> we might get attacked by an Asian with no pants. But this is just things that happen with me and the homies. The reason this song is where I've planted my flag as far as Good Kid Mad City goes is because not only is it the midpoint of the album, 
but it also kind of involves all sides of the story that Kendrick is telling. Because through the skits and through the story, the whole narrative is Kendrick don't get in trouble. Kendrick, bring that van home. Kendrick's gonna go fuck with Serene. And then his friend's like, yeah, I wanna go fuck with something too. Like, you ain't gonna go fuck with something. Whatever. They clowning him. That song embodies friendship and love and loss and stupidity of youth and then learning from your mistakes and then getting by but from skinning your teeth. So once I got to the point where I actually listened to Good Kid, Mad City, that is my favorite song on the album. Fast forward to now. 2017, Kendrick has now dropped his third major label album, Damn. Uh, it wasn't much of a surprise. It's hard to surprise people anymore unless your name is a uh, certain someone. Um, I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to have that argument with you. But seriously, because iTunes kind of spoils it for people now. iTunes is like, oh, there's this pre-order. And like, it happened with Cole's album. It happened with Kendrick's album. We just didn't know the title until last minute. Then, of course... The excellent videos came out for Humble and DNA. DNA is a hell of a video. There's a video for that? You haven't seen that DNA video? No, I saw the one with Don Cheadle. That's it. Oh. Yeah, oh. when Don Cheadle's rapping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hum- Humble's the joint where he's with the homies and they're doing the, oh, front of the, cur- yeah, the crazy the camera head. angles. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah, that yeah. that's not a dope video, but seeing Don Cheadle and him go back and forth yes. and kind of. Shout, shout I was, out to great rap videos, man. Yes. Yes. Shout out to Don Cheadle, Shout man. out to the fact that Drake didn't make the video. Oh, man. Because he has a hot take Ooh. that Drake can't make a good video, and I agree with that Ooh. for the most part. I tried to defend oh. him. I Ooh. saw a tweet. I was on my time hop today. It, it said something about find, find Your Love being a great video. Ooh. Think of Shaq's free throws. That's akin to, like, Drake's, like, uh, video percentage. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really bad. He's really bad at making these videos, man. So back to this topic. Damn comes out. Damn is critically acclaimed. Damn is a solid album. Damn is a Kendrick album, so it's already going to be highly scrutinized. It's being highly scrutinized still, and it's almost a month since it came out. You've listened to Damn. I've listened to Damn. But to go to the facts, (laughs) my man Marcus from Q Street SE. Marcos. Southeast. Yes, I know. Southeast. South, Southeast. Backyard band was in Winchester. Really? Yeah, from out for Apple Blossom. Oh, there is some Mexican place. I, if I if I hadn't been there with the family, I was all about it. Because <laughs> my cousins were going drinking their Milwaukee Beast. Um. So this is what he said, May fifth. Damn is better than more life, but I enjoy the latter more. I think that's uh, analogous. I can't even say it. Analogous. Analogous. Uh, I can't even say it. Well, Analogous. Analogous. <laughs> I know what it means. I couldn't say it. <laughs> Analogous of K. Dot and Drake's careers. Then he said, of the two, Kendrick is probably the better rapper, but Drake's catalog is more enjoyable. Drake, other than a handful of songs spread o- um, over the years, doesn't go below the surface. But K. Dot can get too dark. And then he said, a lot of y'all praise to Pimp a Butterfly, which is Kendrick's second album. But did you really enjoy it? I'm not saying the album is bad, but it's unlistable at times. Now, me and Marcus had went went in on this a few times already, and the Spurs just eliminated the Rockets. Wow. Without Kawhi Leonard in Houston. 
Shout to Danny. I told you it was going to win. Greg Popovich out here doing things. James Harden still can't. Dan, man, Dan Tony going to slit his wrists over James, uh, over Popovich. If Dan Tony knew how to coach defense, he'd be the greatest coach ever. That's what everybody says. I mean. That's not a hot take. That's the truth. Yeah, not the sidebar way. But I already did it. <laughs> so me and Marcus have went back and forth about the Pimper Butterfly, and he said something similar when this album came out in 2015. And I loved it from the start. And again, like with Good Kid, Mad City, I had to grow with the album a little bit. I wasn't, I didn't get it the first listen. I knew I wouldn't after a good kid. But I have grown with the album, and I recently just went back and re-listened to it and was floored again by how much I how highly I think of this album. So he said, a lot of y'all praise the Pimp a Butterfly, but did you really enjoy it? Yeah, so, okay, so just to even... I'm not saying the album is bad, but it's unlistenable <laughs> at times. I, well, when, whenever you're comparing... Well, okay, before we even compare Drake and Kendrick, let's go back to just what I said about being enjoyable. Now, I personally think for 2015, when the Pimp a Butterfly dropped, I thought just sonically... The production of the album was, was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Like you turn on track one, like Wesley's theory, mm-hmm. you like you get smacked over the head, bump, 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 which bump, is bump, bump, just the bump. funk of the song. Like, like, like if you if you if you hear that song, you don't move. You have no soul. Like that's how much of a good song it is. But when I say like enjoy it, I mean like. It becomes on shuffle and you're in the car, and you're like riding down a highway. Are you gonna stop at you? Like, are you really gonna stop at like a song sort of like like that where it's like really deep and like really it's a scary song. Like he's he's battling demons and like this open jousting match. And whenever I say enjoyable, yeah, it can be sort of like on a superficial level, whereas like um Oh yeah, it's a fun song. We'll play this together in the club. Like we'll go nuts in the club, whatever. But like Kendrick music is very personable. Like, how many times have you have you listened to uh, Kendrick other than like by yourself? Like, have you listened to like in a crowd of other people like together? Like, I Actually, no. Yeah, like, I haven't really done that. But like for someone like Drake, like every record, like every album, Drake's gonna have some song that massive people want to like like he's a pop artist like kanye is a pop artist like they can make moments that resonate with people even if it's on like a surface level like they'll still enjoy it in some way like drake's song um his new song um uh passion fruit like that's gonna get like pop spins like yeah vaq's playing it yeah so but that's only what i really meant by just enjoy it now now, for this to pimp a butterfly, I think for what Kendrick wanted to do, I thought it was very, very noteworthy and very, very important. Because the year it came out, no one really challenges themselves at all, like with their music. Like if you listen to any rap album from that year, like a lot of people played it safe. And like even for Drake when he released that same year, if you're reading this, it's too late. That's a very minimalistic album, like. There, even though people like, and no one expected six. it to sound that way. Yeah, yeah, like because we're thinking, oh, we're gonna Drake mixtape during All Star Weekend, and they got yeah, it was completely stripped down. Like 
it was all rap out it was all rap music he only has three songs that are like quote-unquote r&b but every other thing is rap but like i think we're really still waiting for drake to actually push himself to make music that's like i said like challenging yeah like below the the surface music like because you'll get stream of conscious raps from drake where he's rapping about like stuff with his family and like this adjusting to fame where it's like, wow, yeah. that's that's pretty that's pretty moving shit. But then you get another song that he's like mad because a girl left him. But it's like really on a very like superficial type of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's why I said also like Drake doesn't really go below the surface a lot. And yeah, like but to Pimp a Butterfly, I think he I think Kendrick went way below the surface. But I think sometimes it can get a little too dark and a little too scary. But that's a good thing. Like if you're if you're listening to like a, a, an album like that and you don't even like you don't feel something, like I think you've really missed a boat. Mm-hmm. And I think comparing like to Pim Butterfly and Dam, I think with Dam, Kendrick really was able to find more like direct ways of addressing like his demons. And like I think he was a little more clear in what his mission was with the album. And so I think I like Down better than Pimp Butterfly. And I think he I think he really sort of caught a great wave with his last album. Have you so I know you love you describe to Pimp Butterfly as a masterpiece. Yes. So okay, now talk a little about that. Like, why do you think it's a masterpiece and do you think Damn even sort of even lives up to that at all? Okay. So Pimp to Pimp a Butterfly is a masterpiece for these reasons. One, it's not Damn. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, ser- but seriously. The album of two th- of 2015 for most people, um, other than the fact that Cold Drop 2014 Forest Hills Drive like damn there on the deadline for 2015-2014 um, was if you're reading this it's too late I mean that was the marker Kendrick I'm, I'm not even going to read my read my tweets because they, they can read them at behaven.com or behaven if they want to Kendrick had made not only like his debut major label album and it wasn't only hailed as a classic for oh he put together 12 14 dope songs and we love this album he had taken he had made a story based on loosely on his life and he had made it into his debut album and so not only were people getting the first Kendrick album or Kendrick Lamar album they were getting the full Kendrick Lamar experience so all of Kendrick's fans we're always, since Good Kid, Mad City, we're waiting for him to do something else. Now, you know how fans are. Fans want the same thing. They, they thirst, for, especially in this age, they thirst for new music. And, of course, nothing was coming out from Kendrick other than features in the control verse. And the control verse came out and people lost their minds. Because they're like, oh, shit, Kendrick just called out everybody and murdered everybody. So, who knew what the fuck Kendrick was doing? And so, everybody was waiting for Kendrick to do normal rap things with his second album. Kendrick, let's see, Good Kid, Mad City came out in 
2013, like late 2013, I think. And then, I think it did. It was like November 2013, I want to say it came out. So this is like... 2012. 2012, okay, I think. It was 2012. And Pimp Butterfly came out in 15. Um, was it 15? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was at my house, my house before this house. Two houses before this house. Uh, Kendrick did the thing that no one expected him to do. He didn't just rinse, wash, and repeat. He didn't just say, let me get some West Coast beats and do me. He didn't just say, let me get some Pharrell beats. He didn't make a traditional rap album. He sat down with the Blouse and Thundercats and um, oh, what is his name? Was I think Robert Glasper was involved in this. I think he had something to do with it. I could be completely wrong. But he sat down with not just producers. He sat down with musicians. Kendrick, who at this point, we just know he can rap his ass off and he's a good artist. And he said, "Not let, let me not only experiment a little bit. Let me do some crazy shit that no one's expecting. So he sat down with his little brain trust, so to speak, and they started the pimp, to, uh, to pimp a butterfly session. So, uh, they started working on the album, and the first glimpse we got of it was on Colbert's show when he performed. Ah, it was a really great performance. It was I right? It, yeah, it was really great. Yeah, and every, it was the first taste of anything that we had had in years from Kendrick, and people were excited. And then stuff started leaking before the album came out. Like, I think You came out. And Blacker to Berry, I think, might have been out too before the album dropped. And people were like, oh, well, people weren't really into You, and Blacker to Berry is too dark. And as you said in your piece the other day, you were saying how it didn't quite hit the mark as far as what he was going for. Um, as far as the tale he was telling on the track. So, yeah, people worry about those missteps. But then, when the full thing is unfurled, and you listen to To Pimp a Butterfly, I hate that I keep saying To To Pimp a Butterfly. When you listen to the full sonic message of the album, the album is a masterpiece because Kendrick went far left, as far left as possible. Super left. He went raw with it. He addressed all kinds of issues. Yeah, a lot of the album was about his battle with Lucy. Yes, the album addresses his own um, issues that he has with stardom and no longer being about him and it being about what people want from him. And yes, it went into some racial issues. Of course, you have a song like All Right, which became an anthem for the Black Lives Matter movement in some ways. Not that people were like, if I play this song, people know I'm down with the black. No, but <laughs> but it became bigger than what Kendrick imagined in the studio, I'm sure. And then you have a song like King Kunta, which is kind of like his follow-up to Control and probably him throwing darts at Drake about the whole 
ghostwriting thing before Meek did it all wrong. <laughs> <clears throat> Kendrick was able to do something completely different and still take you for that same ride that you had with Good Kid Mad City and still tell the story and he was able to do it with one interesting narrative throughout the album so where with Good Kid you had the whole every song is about his this one day in his life with To Pimp a Butterfly we kept getting these snippets throughout the album of him doing spoken word. So at first I was like, wow, he's biting Wale. But, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it was, uh, it was interesting because you kept getting like little pieces. It kept getting longer as the album went. And you knew as these pieces of the poem got longer or the spoken word got longer the album's growing shorter because you're looking at track list you know there's only so many songs you know Mortal Man's the last track on the album um you get the Mortal Man and Mortal Man is a top five Kendra track Ooh. I, I will put that against anything in his catalog you can bring me <laughs> you can bring me K-Dot stuff and bring me Kendrick Lamar stuff. I'm willing to put Mortal Man against anything. And a lot has to do with it of a lot has to do with the instrumentation. But the thing that really helps pimp, to pimp a butterfly out is the fact that Kendrick wasn't just rapping over these jazz beats and these different things. Um like for free is complete straight out of U92 jazz show. Like, that's some jazz show shit that I used to play back in the day. And he's like, this dick ain't free? <laughs> and it's hilarious. But if you think about it, and think about some, I hate to go there, but you here, it can be taken both ways, though. You think about how women act towards um, men sometimes. You act how, how men tr- act towards women sometimes and treat them as objects. It could be taken either way. You could just as easily say, this pussy isn't free. (laughs) And you get the mortal man. Kendrick's voice is an instrument in this whole thing as well. Every intonation, every bar, whether he's spitting or he's singing over something, whether he threw effects on the voice or not, his voice is the is the lead guitar throughout the album. You get the Mortal Man. Mortal Man finishes, and then you come back to that damn poem. And he finishes it. And then who comes out of nowhere to talk about it? And this has a lot to do with why I love the album, so I can't (laughs) lie. I can't lie. And I'm not his biggest fan as far as waving the flag is like, this is my guy. Don't get me wrong. I love him to death. I think he's one of the greatest of all time, but I'm not that guy to wave this guy's flag. I am, though. <laughs> and I probably, I, I take a lot of shit for it over it because I've always put the other guy first. Ooh. But the voice, maybe two guys, but I can't really put the other one there. That's just home team bias there. <laughs> Rockefeller. Um, <laughs> Pac comes on. And I know... It's something taken from an old interview, and I've never went to go find the old interview because the way that they put this thing together, Kendrick 
and Tupac. Two different time periods, two people on top of the game for the respective coast and possibly for hip-hop as a whole are talking. This is 96-95 Pac talking to 2015 Kendrick Lamar. We've seen what Kendrick can do. We know what Pac can do. We know what Pac's capable of. To hear those two voices speak and have a conversation the way they do is amazing. And the things that Pac says is so real, especially when you apply it to everything we've seen since To Pippa Butterfly came out with the presidency and all the, the killings and the Black Lives Matter movement gaining esteem and just the average everyday shit of being a black man in America. To see what Pac is saying hits on all those topics. And then for Kendrick to come back and was like, but of course they're still talking about their art. Kendrick comes back and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, well, I was thinking about doing this, Pac, and this and this. And he said, what do you think about that? And then Pac's silent. Yeah. Pac, Pac, Pac. And that shit just is haunting. Tupac had died almost 30, 20, 20 years ago. Yeah. By the time that To Pimp a Butterfly came out. And to hear Kendrick, who we hail as our stalwart of the West, next to, unfortunately, we got to say it, the game is like the next most viable uh, West Coast guy. People sleep on Snoop, man. Well, think, no, no not, think, not Snoop, oh, obviously. Just, I'm talking about like, people yeah, that. Okay. Current we can all say that Snoop. Yeah. I haven't listened to his last album they put out. A few months ago. But we can all say if Snoop wanted to, Snoop can easily rap his ass off Snoop. Snoop is not Snoop the rapper. Snoop is Snoop Dogg the personality. So you can't... He's a god... He's he's up there with Dre and stuff. So he's like a godfather of the West Coast now. So I don't see him as that. But you think West, you think Kendrick, you think Game. Um, If you're really in... uh, You think... uh, What's old boy's name? Um, Nipsey Hussle? Nipsey... Who's the other dude who's real big out there right now? Um, Schoolboy? Oh, Schoolboy's with Kendrick. Yeah. Um, oh, what is his name? Tyler? No, the he's a blood. Um, he, uh, he, he just put out, he had an album a couple years ago people loved, and he just put one out recently that people were really into. Why am I drawing a blank on him? Um, oh, uh, YG. Thank you. Yeah. YG is probably one of for most people to see, to hear someone who we possibly hail as a great, next great lyricist, the next big thing as far as an actual hip-hop goes, hip-hop artist goes, talking to someone who we hail as one of the most creative and misunderstood men of all time, and maybe I am on my pock shit a little bit more now, the way this is coming out, <laughs> and I think I, I am, so good for me, go me. Um... <laughs> To, to hear him talking to this voice who was always misunderstood and seen as a thug and not seen as an intellectual unless it was by the people he represented. Having this conversation and then to lose that voice again like that. It's so haunting. And then the album just ends. But of course, in classic fashion of most of the m- most albums, I feel like now, um, just like Good Kid starts right back over, so does To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. And then you, you go through the whole thing again. So 
to ride this journey with Kendrick as he's fighting against his urges to sell out and be whatever they want him to be because he's he's hot right now. To see him fight against his urges. The same thing we see from J. Cole on Forest Hills, except on a different level. Because Kendrick's better than, than J. Cole. I love Cole, but I'm going to put Kendrick above Cole. And to see Kendrick make that climb to the mountaintop and then reach the mountaintop <laughs> and then reach out to Pac and him and Pac are talking and then to have that ripped away and then to kind of see everything torn back down where Kendrick falls back down and then this album starts back over and he has to start back up the whole mountain again. That's why I think To Pimp a Butterfly is better than Damn. Now, I, after reading your um, article the other day, your piece the other day, about the racial issues and how Blacker Blacker the Berry missed the mark, and how Triple X, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, hit the hit it was better formed and a better, well thought thing. I can totally see that where Kendrick went so far left on to Pimp a Butterfly that he kind of got lost. Um, where he where it could be seen where he got lost in all the experimentation. Yeah. And so where he could drop the ball there. And I can see where Dan would be more concise because it's a more concise effort because it's his third album. He's done with left, so he can come closer back to the middle now yeah. and kind of do something that's more more auto, uh, um um more accepted, so to speak. So I can see your point there. But when but for music for me, I've always even as an artist, I've always wanted it to take me on a ride to quote no Drake song. <laughs> <laughs> and that then that is why, despite it being despite it being not as listenable for some and not something that's like, man, it's Friday night. You know what? I'm gonna listen to you. <laughs> no, like, yes, I, I'm going to hit shuffle. And I'm going to go through until I find something I listen to. It's probably going to be Drake. Um, because he, he comes up a lot on my iPod. I have no idea why. <laughs> but oh, you come on, man! You got Drake got all the hits, man. You just shouted out no, the ride, shout no, out the weekend. I, I'll, I'll I'll probably get a chance to talk about Drake here in a second. But that's why I feel the way I do about To Pimp a Butterfly. So maybe that's just my personal take. Maybe other people don't see it that way. Obviously, you well, have trouble with it. Well. Yeah, I, I think, I think for the ballsiness of "To Pimp a Butterfly" was really, really dope. Like he took, he really took this sort of like funk, soul, jazz music, and he he went for the ride. He literally, to quote Drake again, he went for the ride with the whole musicality of the whole album. And yeah, it took him to places that. It may have been two left, but I mean, a lot of people will feel the same way that you do. I think I'm definitely in the minority, and I'm okay with that. But <laughs> you're but, used to being a minority. Oh hell yeah! Oh, man. that was funny. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, like I think a lot of people feel more about it the way that you do. Especially, honestly, I got the everything you described about the whole Pac interview. The very first listen I had, I felt the same exact shit. Mm-hmm. And so when he like when he asked him the last question, and then there was no response, and then he said "Pac," I'm like, "The fuck?" And then he said it again, and the album cuts off. I'm like, 
what the fuck just happened? Right. Like, yeah, like, so those, like, I think those moments, I definitely understand with you also. I, but there are just some moments I think went too left, but at the same time, I can still <coughs> recognize damn, uh, not damn, but, um, Pimp Butterfly was pretty, pretty fucking Excuse dope. Me. Yeah. It was pretty fucking dope. It's definitely, even though I, I wrote about how it had some missteps in my opinion, I still think it was one of the best albums of 2015, despite of that. It overcame that for me. Um, I think, I like, I listened to Damn maybe about like, about a dozen times right now. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, I think, I think it's more focused in the Pimple Butterfly. And even, there's just some moments in that I like better, like, especially like DNA and Triple X, like, those moments are like really hitting, like, even when I listen to Duckworth, the first time I listened to Duckworth and I and he like gave the big reveal at the end, I literally got goosebumps. It was like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Like, hmm, right. but that's but that's yeah, because that's not to say that obviously the dam's not its own ride on its own. Yeah, like definitely, like yeah, I, mean, I think Kendrick is definitely speaking of, like the whole West Coast artist. I think Kendrick, bar none, is the best rapper to come out of the West Coast. I think. I think of all time. I think of all time, man. Like, cause I think the the same way you feel about the Pimmer Butterfly, I don't I don't feel that much in the same way about Dam. But when Dam came out, like I don't think. But you haven't really lived with it either, because that that's a part of the reason why I love the Pimmer Butterfly too. It's because I've lived with this album for a couple of years now. Yeah, and I can still come back and then like still go on that ride. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't think any West Coast I can't, artist. Like, yeah. I don't think any West Coast artist is touching Kendrick, man. Like the, I think I, I'm talking about the embodiment of the, the career. Like I think if you're talking about artists right now, I think Schoolboy, Schoolboy is underrated. Like Schoolboy can rap his fucking ass off. Schoolboy yeah. is really dope. Um, I didn't enjoy his first album though. The first which one had his contradiction. No, the, the the first main the first major label. You um, didn't like that. Oh no! The second half was good. The first oh, half, I no. I couldn't really mess with, man. Other uh, than um, 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 the joint with Kendrick. Hold on, you mean uh, because this first one was setbacks? No, not that one. The one after that was Habitus Contradictions. That was the one with the uh, hands on the wheel with ASAP. No, the one after that. Um, sorry, face. Yeah, the, no. Oh, oxymoron. Oxymoron. You like oxymoron? Well, okay. Yeah, I can give you that. I'll give you that. And I've tried. And like, because he looked at me and he was like, yo, Oxymoron's one of the dopest albums out right now. And I was like, oh, this is going to be dope. And I listened to it. I was like, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, and I've yeah. tried. I, I, this is known some Good Kid Mad City. I listened once. I've listened to it multiple times. The back half is better for me than the first half. Oh, yeah. I, I, would, I would say that. Oxymoron definitely had a good moment. Mm-hmm. I think Blank Blankface. I haven't listened such, to Blankface though. Blankface is such a Blankface is probably the last gangster rap album. Like, it's literally like gangster rap. I love like, me some gangster rap. Yeah, man. Like it's just which has always befuddled me. <laughs> I mean, well, um, I because love Project Pat. I've never touched dope in my life, and I love Project Pat. Like <laughs> some of my favorite shit. Some of my favorite shit to listen to is just dumb. Dumbed down drug drug raps like uh, the trap fun, raps. You know what? Jeezy, the locks. Uh, I love the locks. <laughs> oh no, shout! I love Styles P. But no, but okay. Yeah. You you may say it's dumbed down, 
But think about all the coded language of the shit. Well, this but, is true. But this is true. Is, these things are like we picked up that we've known, like because you know we just know the music. But like the average person, if I gave if I gave like the average person like a Pusha T verse from like um, Hell Hath No Fury, like keys open doors, like when when even yeah. the hook, they're not gonna know what that means. Like oh he he brought a new car, brought a new house. No, he's talking about. Keys of cocaine, like right. he is talking about, like some real D level drug shit. And that first Jeezy album is a classic. Yes, TM One One is an absolute classic. And yeah, like even though it's even though on the on the surface it's definitely not a drug talk, you have someone like Jay Z who will do like um, the original Dead Presidents, where he's he's it's hell and it's hell. Like, you're cruising your seven, next day you're sweating for getting your lies. Like, alibis ain't matching up, bullshit catching up. Like, it's, that's why I love hip-hop, too, going back to the original question. Like, because it's all these messages that, like, the average person I even want to know about. Like, they're not even going to pick up on the shit. Right. Yeah, man, but, but, yeah, like. Man, that's, I mean, I can't, I can't argue it either. Yeah, man, like. But no, so I but Kendrick Lamar might be the best because I mean, I mean uh, immediately you compare him to Cube and it's like Cube can't even test that. I think I, I mean Cube was good for his time. Yeah, like I mean, he's an artist of his time. Yeah, but Cube now could definitely not. No, it's not like no, no, no. It's, it's not like Cube would like you think about Nas. You think there's a fifty percent chance Nas will drop some ridiculous bars. Yeah, you think about Cube in '92. Yeah, you there's a 50 percent chance that Cube will drop some ridiculous bars. Yeah. Cube in 2017, Not, there's like a 10 percent no. chance he'll drop some ridiculous no, bars. Oh, like that's the thing. Like, because the funny thing is, like, I love Ice Cube and God bless him, but my man, he went from in like '91, he had to kill that will album cover where he's handing you the pistol, and he goes to you can do it, put you back into it for say the last dance. I mean, <laughs> if that's not a jump, like that's a jump for your ass. Man. Yeah. Like, but I mean, but I mean, God bless him. Like Cube, Cube is definitely a West Coast legend. Ga- I think, I think Game is underrated. Game is a really, really good rapper. Snoop, like Snoop gave us. Uncle Snoop is basically the uncle of of hip hop. Like, yeah, he's he's so cool that he can. If if he never wants to make music, his coolness will carry him for the rest of his life. And that's why we all love him. That's that's why we yeah. all love him. But I mean, this man made a reggae album and had the nerve to put Miley Cyrus on it. Yo, oh yeah, that was. That's, let's talk about that. But <laughs> actually, you know what? The, I think the funny thing is he made a California R&B pop rap album with Charlie Wilson and Pharrell mm-hmm. called Bush, which is dope. That oh my god, that album is so Bush underrated. is fire. Yes, we bringing that back for the summer seventeen. Hell man. yeah! But yeah, but. Love Bush. Yeah, Snoop was a West Coast legend, but I think I don't think anyone from the West, like from front to back, even from going back to um, uh, like Kendrick's first tape, like uh, overly dedicated. Yeah, in the section eighty, then the Good Kid, Mad City, and the Pimp Butterfly, and damn, like I don't, that's a hell of a run. Yeah, it is. It's a hell of a run. Okay. Um. So we gotta talk about the other half okay. of things because the whole conversation about to pimp a butterfly spawned from you saying that you enjoyed listening to more life more than 
to Bimbo Butterfly. And you said Damn was a better album, but you enjoyed more life. Now, which brings us back to our Drake conundrum. Because I've mentioned on the podcast before about Drake. We've had conversations about views disappointing us. You wrote a whole piece about views, restructured the track listing, made it 50 times better. Thank you. Um, So good work there. (laughs) But, I mean, let's talk about Aubrey right now in this conversation. Because... Aubrey is a man who, let's see, he had his biggest year in 2015. I mean, he had, if you're reading this, it's too late. He dropped the mix, the mixtape album with Future. And I say it was his biggest year because, obviously, he got into his first rap battle with Meek Mill, yeah, who everybody expected him to lose man, to easily. He honestly is. And he handled his business because yeah, Meek was on tour or whatever reasoning that... that Meek was coming out of his mouth with. Yeah. And then we finally get a diss and it's some trash on Funkmaster Flex. Yeah. And somehow him getting peed on. And it, it just wasn't there. If, if he you're won. Use Undertaker Bell, man. You gotta use it right, man. You right. Disrespect Undertaker, man. Right. It like it was a major victory. And then we're coming into 2016. We know views from the six is coming. We know views from the six. It's like, oh man, like if we thought about it at the time, we had gotten so far gone. Um, really set it off, even though I've been listening to Drake since Room for Improvement. Um, you want to talk about being an early adopter? <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Thank, Thank Me Later, which I thought was a good album, but a lot of people were disappointed in because it was rushed and it was very commercially produced. And then we got the what may be Drake's best album in Take Care, his most cohesive um, project, and I still feel like it's his best album. Then we got the All Right, I've Really Mastered This Shit album when he came out with Nothing Was the Same. And then we had 2015. So we're thinking he's gonna he's gonna really do something now. I mean, he's beasted on one of the supposedly what we all thought was one of the best potential battle rappers. If there had to be a battle rap, yeah. I think Meek would have been in that conversation. Be like, I pick Meek Mill, yeah. and then Meek Mill lost to the kid from Toronto. He lost to the singing nigga. Yeah. <laughs> and then Views comes out, and not to get Joe Button ish on it, but Views was a disappointment. It was. I'm not going to sit here and scream and be like, you you could have done something so major with hip-hop because you are hip-hop and you didn't. <laughs> not that I didn't love that episode of the Joe, um, I'll name this podcast later. Button got but chill, man. Button Button's going chill. off on everybody, man. I thought he was going to go off at Wale the other day. Oh, he was he was chilling Wale, but leave a little Uzi vert, vertical yachty <laughs> man alone. <laughs> How can you be happy? I made four and a half Yo, mood musics. He's a 19-year-old millionaire. Like, don't talk to him about happy. <laughs> if anything, you should ask him. Like, that's oh. what Complex is paying him for, though. Yeah, so, that's true. true. It's working out for him. It's better than him uh, making sad songs. <laughs> and I love his sad songs, but even I got to got to a wall in those. Oh. So, Views comes out. Views isn't everything we wanted it to be. It was no longer Views from the Six. It became Views. Yeah. Hotline Bling was on it. Not that Hotline Bling won the great song when it came out in 2015. But, whoops. The thing is, it, it just felt like Drake went in the studio and was like, you know what, guys, let's just make some Drake shit. Yeah. felt like he wouldn't push an envelope anymore. So more life comes out, finally. After months of speculation on that. Drake saying it's a, it's a playlist. It's not an album. It's not a mixtape. 
Yada, yada, yada. Did Drake recapture what he lost from views with this playlist for you? Uh, I think so, man. Like, I think that for views, like, you literally could have cut out, like, six songs from views. And you did that in your playlist. Yeah, (laughs) you would have been way better off. But I added them as bonus tracks. It worked way better. (laughs) I mean, I mean, yeah, like, he had a, he had a Pimp C, he had a Pimp C verse, and like, how do you have a Pimp C verse in the rap? He says, "I don't fuck with anybody and shit but Bun," and they don't have Bun B on the song, like, right? Like, so that's what he right. was working with with views. But fast forward to more life, and like, even looking at the track listen for, like, there's just a lot of songs on here that I like really, really fucking dig from Drake, like, and even beyond like the the Brit. Grime rap because this guy yelling Batman done it done it that was not it <laughs> that was not it gigs or jigs whatever your name is the jig was up with that shit like that shit was terrible but um but not nah, like because even from like the because the funny thing is like you get like free smoke to start the album and that's just he's basically like just ripping niggas heads off with the raps or whatever and he claps at. He even gets at Meek Mill a little bit at the end of the at the end of the uh, at the end of his verse, or whatever, on the last verse, and then you transition to another rap song. Then you get Passion Fruit, and Passion Fruit that's definitely gonna be the song of summer 2017. So yeah, if you already well on its way, yeah, if you want a pop radio, it's gonna be either Bruno Mars or Passion Fruit, and then just going through the album, like you get the. The random appearance from Sampha on 4422. And I love Sampha. Sampha's a really, really dope, dope R&B artist out of, out of uh, the UK. He's a Brit. Um, definitely check out uh, his last album, uh, Process. Really, really good. Check that shit out, man. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for this album, it's 22 songs and, I think there are about like maybe three or four songs that he can do without, but I think overall, like, but he got away with it because this wasn't an album. This is a playlist. Yeah, so that's what he's selling. Us. That's that's what he's selling us. And then he he have like a bunch of features, especially from like like I said, the grime rappers, um, and then like Skepta, also, which a lot of people like the Skepta interlude, which I think is okay. I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think he sort of righted the ship where. He he just made better music. Like if for views, I just think that there's just a lot of songs on views that were definitely lackadaisical, mm-hmm. definitely uninteresting. But then for more life, like he gives you like speaking of, like the best Drake is like stream of conscious Drake. He gives you like four stream of conscious records on this, something he's never really done before. He'll give you one, maybe to an album. He gave you like four on this album. One of my favorite tracks off views was the title track views because yeah it was him just bars bars yeah like, that's one of the reasons why I love draft day so much because it's bars 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 and that sample's killer yeah if you go back in like Drake's history and you look at like just like his best songs throughout the year it's always something that's like he's actually just telling you his perspective like he's not he's not sad about being dumped he's not like worried about like rappers getting him he's actually worried about actual life like i think i still think his best song of all time was too much 
for nothing was the same. It's, Dude, when he did that song on uh, Saturday Night Live, I think. No, it was... Uh, no, it was uh, no, it Late Night. Kimmel. It was. It wasn't Kimmel. It was, it was uh, Fallon, I think. Fallon, right? yeah. Oh, yes. When he did it, because I think I think he had done. Uh, I think he might have done. Uh, started from the, no. He, no, I think it's this only song he did. I think because they only did one music performance. Yeah, he only did that song, he, yeah. he came out and I, I can st- like this was so memorable for me. I can still see him doing this without going to YouTube and just yes. and like that's when you know a performance really stands out is when it sticks in your brain yes. and not and not just the musicality of it. It's what was going on. And it was just Drake. The band was behind him, of course, and uh, the dude, the dude from uh, your uh, Sampha. your people. That was Sampha. Yeah, on the keyboards. Don't think about it too much, too much. That's Sampha. That was him singing it. Yes. Oh, so I, I thought it was one of your on um, Magic Jordan. Um, Magic Jordan. Nah, nah, nah. That, nah, it wasn't him. Okay, it wasn't them. But yeah, that's. Yeah, if you go back to the video, that's Sampha. See, I didn't know that was Sampha. I can yes. see him doing it. I didn't yes. know that was Sampha. He sampled that. He sampled that from a Sampha song called Too Much. And that song is actually good, too. Oh. Uh, Sampha, Sampha. I feel like that meme right now. Yes. To my, I'm like, I'm good guy. Yes, I'll tell right. you, Sampha, Sampha is really, really dope. Really, really great artist. He plays, he produces his own stuff for the most part. He plays the keys. Mm-hmm. Like, he... He's a really he's a really good artist, man. Check him out, man. So yeah, even even going back when you were talking about the ride, the ride was like a weekend throwaway. He had like the hook on the ride. Mm-hmm. Weekend already did that. Drake heard it and was like, "Let me get that." And then you saw what they did with the ride. Like the ride yeah. is a dope ass song. So so yeah, he gives you these sorts of like insights who he actually really is. And actually, the funny thing is like. Even for artists like I remember Fifty Cent, like way way back when he was coming out with his second album, The Massacre. Mm-hmm. He was on an interview, and it's about twelve years ago. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And uh, the interviewer was like, "So, do you want to? Like, are you going to get like? Are you going to talk about your son with this album? Are you get more personal on this album?" And Fifty was like. Ah. I think, well, I don't know. Just some Ooh, random question. Lost the box. And I wouldn't want that from 2005-50. Yeah, well, that's actually the thing. That's what he said. He said, I don't think my fans want to hear my personal life. 50's another one of those one of those gangster shit. Oh, yeah. He's that's so, one of the reasons yeah. I've always loved 50. Is, yeah. Is just, he'll get on there and just say some... And 50, and I, I hate the sidebar, but seriously, 50 is an underrated lyricist. I feel yeah, like. like Yes, but like Fifty's antics gets in the way of his actual music, right? Like, right, because like any Fifty interview is golden. I was listening to like, Ski Mask Way mowing the grass yesterday. I was like, this, <laughs> this shit goes so hard. Yo, I was like, like, this shit goes so hard. Like, but that's the thing. But the thing, like, I think if Fifty would have, if you cut down on the antics and actually made, I think if you gave us actual personal music. He would have been easier to relate to. I th- I think the whole thing with Kanye really ended up hurting his brand in the end. Yeah, I think so too. Because he, he, he was made ch- his gaudy promise. Yeah, and then Curtis Curtis was okay. I like Curtis. Yeah, but I like Massacre better, and I definitely like Get Rich way better. Yeah, Power Dollar is still probably my favorite Fifty Cent album ever. Shout out to that first Genie album that's actually oh, underrated. Yeah. Hell that yeah, that was good. Came out the same day as Black Album. Um, you know what I bought though? 
<laughs> I got the joint that had the all black case, man. It was completely oh, yes. black. Yeah, yes. that was the first day. Yes. Um, yeah, we got completely sidetracked. But you were saying that fifties <laughs> fans didn't want to hear about that. Yeah, and, and you know what? I don't. Outside of like his little family issues, like I, I kind of want Drake to keep me updated on his mom. Yeah, it like, feels like she's like she's our mom at this point. Yeah. I want him to say what's going. I want to know what's going on with his uncle. Yeah, it's like, dude, look what you've done. That's number two. That's the second best Drake song ever. Look what you when his uh, I I don't know if it's his grandmother or who it is when she comes on the end and she's on the voice. Yeah, like, his Aubrey, yeah. I used to take care of you and. Thank you for making sure I went. I think he sent her on this trip somewhere, and now and he got, he got my like son a, said I could reach you here, yeah. and and I, it, every time, dude, it. Bro. Rest in peace <sighs> to her. She she, she passed, passed not yeah. that long ago. Rest in peace to her. But yeah, I think Drake like got her. It was, it was like a trip or like a like a souped up nursing home or something. something like that. Yeah, she was. But, and I always remember the good times we had. Not the mocker, but this is just what she well, sounded yeah, like. Yeah. And it's like, and how all the special times we shared together. And it's like, and it's yes. like, and and to be honest, that's one of the reasons why I fuck with Drake from the from the start because I knew Drake from the grassy. And then I went on. I happened to mistakenly find out that Drake rapped on on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> on Wikipedia, mind you. That's funny. Wikipedia, this, is, this is when it was, um, you could really edit it whenever you want to. Yeah. And so I said, oh, Drake has a MySpace page. And I was like, oh, this will be funny. Uh-huh. So I went to his MySpace page, and he had Replacement Girl on there. I was like, it's not bad. I was like, it's all right. And, I saw, and then I listened to um, Comeback Season, or not Comeback Season, not yet, uh, Room for Improvement. Room for Improvement. I can't. I I love the joint. I love the oh, joint, yeah, top yeah. to bottom. Oh, yeah. This is like oh seven, and I'm bumping this oh seven oh eight. I was listening to this real heavy, and then he came out with comeback season, and then it had comeback season had uh, um, the first time that he sang on a record. It was a joint called um, "This Bitch Is Crazy." Have you heard that? <laughs> You've never heard it. I almost, I almost spit my beer <laughs> for the title. Oh my god! Oh, I'm going. To, I have to. I have to do this. This isn't podcasting 101, but it's the first time that on his MySpace blog at the time, he said he actually sang on a record. And this actually led to him doing brand new um, because uh, he he got the balls to sing from Bitches Crazy. Of course, brand new was apparently for somebody else, but then it leaked and with his vocals on it and it kind of took off and then he included it on so far gone. So shout out to Dear Summer. I know that it's a di- it has a different beat. This is just the intro to it. Podcast one on one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Girl, or emailing my mom. Damn. 
Definitely best I ever had vocals on here. <laughs> This bitch is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's when he started really experimenting with the singing. And so I was I was riding for this guy. And then the, the joint that really, really got me hyped up though. I don't know if you ever heard this. Have you ever heard Drake's, Drake's version of Still Fly? No. This is before so far gone, and I'm I'm feeding at this point. I'm I'm the only <laughs> dude in Morgantown yo, I can messing you, with Drake. Like my boy am I? I'm like I'm like yo Drake's nice. He's like yo fuck Drake. Drake sucks, man. I don't like Drake. Oh, like this before so far gone, and so this, I don't, like I don't like none of that shit. I don't know why you fuck with that shit. I'm like wow. dog, this shit is dope. But Drake did this freestyle, and I don't care. It's my podcast, so we gonna ride with this. <laughs> and I- then. Cause I remember even when So Far Gone came out, like I was like one, of, I was like my first in my friend group to even like hear this shit. Like, yeah, no one was like even playing that shit. Yeah, two dope boys started picking up on some Drake stuff, but Still Fly was a song called was this song by this artist named Paige, and I think Drake did the hook on it. And so in typical Drake, early Drake fashion, like he did with Aston Martin music, he took uh, the beat and wrapped his own version of it. Okay, and. This is what I knew. This is when I was so I was like, this is gonna happen. Yeah. Alright. Paige, I, I hope you don't I hope you don't mind me just um having a little fun, you know. I know this your joint. I just I, I always like the song, so I, I edited this for the radio. I, mean, I love this joint so much. <laughs> Classic auto tune to the eight. I'm still pulling out the phantom and these haters can't stand. That's me singing, by the way. I'm still doing my I'm still flying. 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 To. Started popping bottles cause it's ATF tradition to celebrate it by my fuck them at the Soho. If they ain't an elevator hitter, it's a no-go. Coldest thing dropping and these bitches wanna snow blow. And they just give me head while the haters give me promo. Hey man, my DJ should've won that. With listen and respect, man, the city owes one back. All these old heads keep their minds on one track. And me, I run around and holler at me when you're done laps. Roll around with Nico, party with us. Going back. I was on the October's very own blog all the time, dying for stuff like this. Same hoes. You playing clothes. Rainbows. Wayne show. Me and little jazz. 
nasty. Please do not harass me. Just holla if you got me and fuck you if you had me. Shackles out the Brian E. Shout out the photo wheel. Shout out to Oliver and 40, man. You know the deal. Shout out to Mayhem. Shout out to P Plus. The names I mentioned are crucial. You gonna need us. And life is good. Everything is just fine. I am so sure of my rhymes. I can sacrifice a line. Yeah, <laughs> I swear I really fucking does it. I had these niggas tripping, no luggage. I'm still alive. Shout to hashtag rap. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yo, if I would have heard that back then, before so far gone, I would have, I would have been on board. I wish I knew. I mean, my blog would have just. I mean, I I did have a hip hop blog, but I was mostly copying what came out that day because there was so much stuff coming out. Yeah. At the time, being a hip hop blog, but this is the reason why I get mad. Got mad at views. So, so because let me let me just let me just end this whole not end it, but let me just punctuate my portion of this Drake of the Drake conversation with this. A few years ago, my best friend Steve was getting married, and uh, it was probably a few months for the wedding, and we were all hanging out. Um, uh, me, Steve, and uh, CJ, and uh, another Marcus, and I think Chanel was there. We're all chilling and everything. And you might not know these people, but I'm just acting like everybody. <laughs> I just say first names. Well, if you listen to the world's greatest podcast, you are friends of the show, and these friends are my friends, so they're your friends. So anyway, sitting around, we're talking, we've been drinking, and then somehow we get to talk about rap, and I come out my mouth. This is, let's see, this is uh, 20... This is 2015. This is 2015 when this happened. I come out of my mouth and I'm I don't regret it. I I don't regret it. But I look at CJ. I'm like like yo, Drake is one of the best rappers alive. He got up. He smacked me in my face. Whoa, that's harsh. He what? didn't hit. He didn't. He didn't like <laughs> full out. It wasn't that. It was not that. Whoa, but man. he definitely was like a good cup. Whoa. I'm like yo, why did you do? He's like, don't you reference to that bullshit to me again. And I was like, I was like, but but it's true. It is like, and this is songs like that, and the bitch is crazy was just for fun. <laughs> but I have grown with Drake from the moment that his music went public, and to see how far he's risen, and inform to take a step back for like views and see him take become i i like i don't like to see him be a laughing stock i hate that shit like drake like seriously i feel like drake could sit here and we'd be best friends but drake's best friends with everybody but seriously <laughs> like i i i ride i this is my guy like seriously like it it's almost like like he was the diamond in the rough that i found and then i put him out in the world and yeah. he blew up so for things like views to happen and for him to take L's publicly and then for people to attempt to smack me in the face when I say that Drake is my guy. <laughs> and at times, especially during the um, the Nothing Was the Same era, there was times where I questioned whether he could become, he could replace number one for me. Uh-huh. Whether, because there's a certain certain uh great feeling that i get when i see the words jay-z on something and it's new (laughs) 
me and E had deep conversations about could Drake possibly replace him in the conversation for us. And I I think at one point he was close, but he never he never has. Yeah. But that that I could definitely see why you feel like more life is a more enjoyable listen. Drake has figured out the equation, so to speak. Yeah, he he's figured out the matrix. Like, yeah, it's like when whenever they're in the first matrix, they're looking at the screen. They're like, they're looking at the characters, but they don't even see characters. They see the entire matrix. Oh, that's a that's a girl walking a dog, or that's a guy like like eating a steak. Like, like mm. Drake has figured out like steak. <laughs> like, if you think about passion fruit, I love passion fruit, but how is that not an offspring of uh, Palo and Bling. Bling. Yeah, like... It's a direct one. Yeah, like, Drake has definitely figured out his pocket of how to make pop records. But I actually want Drake to actually just just cut the shit and actually make a full, full-blown R&B pop dance hall yeah. Afro beat album. He was going to do like, an R&B mixtape at one point. He needs like, and then he if, got he, away from it. It was this between, terrible. uh, this between uh, take care and uh, first joint. That's blanking on me now, but I said it earlier. Even even if it's god awful, <laughs> like I think he just put it. He just he just put his balls on the line, just go for it. He really should, like, cause the thing about like, cause I figure like his last like, if you if you look at his last like five hits, like. They all been sort of like these pop influence records anyway. And even look at this the song he had with um, Rihanna that blew up. The um work. Yeah, like Drake can make these type of records and he can still be a dope rapper at the same time. But I think I think he should I think he should definitely even like just try to go like just full blown plop. Just see if he even works. But for more life he sort of flirts with it. He'll do like passion fruit, or he'll do like the um the, the song with that girl. Let me look. That um, song <laughs> with that girl where she was singing and he was singing get a little it, bit. Get it together. That's what I mean. <laughs> he'll do get it together, and he'll do like I don't know, like teenage fever, mm-hmm. and he'll have like these moments where he can do these different things. But he he just doesn't go fully all the way through it, and that goes that goes back to the original argument of he doesn't try to go below the surface a lot. Like he can he, like he can infuse these sort of stream of thought rap records, and I think he can channel into deep R and B cuts, but actual tangible R like actual blues music. I think Drake can do it, but he just doesn't. Like he he wants the charts, he wants the acclaim. Which is fine. Like getting praise for your work is not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but I think I think he should go full blown. You know what? I'll take you know um, too much. I'll actually make that an R&B song, or I'll take like the ride and like actually have it be an actual R&B ride of like despair and hurt. Maybe even something good. But I like actually do that to make actual wow. blues music. That that man. would be amazing. I would, man. I think I think you pull it off. He definitely could. I just I just don't know why he doesn't want to take that step. I don't know. Especially when you're out here making playlists. 
and <laughs> dropping All Star Weekend mixtapes. I mean, shit. If you do, Drake, don't have like these Brit rappers anymore, man. We can't be having no more like Batman sound effects on this shit, man. Like as soon as he said dinner, dinner, I almost shit. Like that shit was crazy. Oh man. Oh man. So I think I think we accomplished the main thing we wanted to do. We talked about to pimp a butterfly versus damn. We yes. we got a little Drake thing. I. I I gushed over everything, <laughs> and, mean, and you you came and brought some real real heat to the to the table. So, and we watched the Spurs whoop the Rockets' ass. They lost by thirty nine points. That's, <laughs> that's the worst loss. ESPN said it's the worst loss in a closeout it game in Dan Tony's career. Dan Tony's from West Virginia too. Is he? What part? Yes. Uh, somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I can't tell you off the top of my head. I only know that because Angel's a West Virginia history teacher. Shout out to Randy Moss, the best West Virginian ever. What about Jerry West? Uh, Jerry, or is it just because, is it just because he's mouse? He's like, black. <laughs> you just like uh, black people more. You like white people more, I guess. Uh, I don't hate to break it to y'all, but <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, you're black. <laughs> no, nah, but. Shout out to the logo. Shout out to White Chocolate, Jason Williams. Yeah. How Jason Williams isn't coming off the bench for some team getting like 15 minutes a game, that's beyond me, but I don't know, man. I'm sure he has some kind of nagging injury. He won a ring with Miami in 06. Oh, you, oh, damn, I forgot about that. Jeez. Yeah, man. He he was on on the free throw championship team. Shit. Well, yeah, man. Anything else you want to say to the people before uh, I, I wrap this thing up? Because we're at 2.04. So uh, I just got to edit that one little part. So we're just looking at a two-hour episode <laughs> of fire! <laughs> well, uh, well, the message to the people, read more. Read more. Not uh, If you want to include my blog, you can. That's totally fine. That, yeah, don't, don't be the key for you to include my blog. No. You are an official sponsor of the Hyphenation Podcast, the world's greatest podcast. TheMarkRob.wordpress.com. T-H-E-M-A-R-C-R-O-B. Not Mark Robe. Not Mark Rob. MarkRob.wordpress.com. He just posted a piece that we've been talking about about Kendrick on there. He, he normally posts... He was more regular, but apparently he's been working more. <laughs> but but seriously, whenever he posts, um, make sure you sit yourself down. I don't care where it is, and, and take five ten minutes to read what he got to say, and then spread the word, man, because he he be putting in some work, and I'm glad that he's uh stepped off a of Tumblr and and doing <laughs> and doing this because I saw him write something. I can't remember how long ago it was. He wrote something for Tumblr. I was like, man, I didn't, I didn't even say this to him. I was like, man, this is really good. Too bad it's on Tumblr. Because <laughs> Tumblr feels like such an uh, invitation-only party sometimes, especially oh, now. Like, when it first came out, I felt like it was more open-ended. But now it's more like, oh, you still on Tumblr? Yeah. If you're not like a some 14-year-old girl. <laughs> Tumblr is its own universe. It really but, is. But, yes, man. Other than that... uh just love each other, man. Try to love each other the best you possibly can. Uh, fight the power. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So, I'm pretty sure that you've set a record for the longest hyphenation episode. Really? Yes. Oh. I, I don't think I've hit the two-hour mark. I think me and E may have talked for like 
maybe an hour and a half, an hour, an hour and a half about uh, the Cavs. Nikki was like an hour, and then me and E have like been about, me and Eric, been on for about an hour each time. So you are now the champion of the longest, the record holder. Hey, so hopefully somebody's not on here, but like, we're going to be here six hours. I'm like, <laughs> no, you can do this podcast by yourself. And it ain't gonna uh, be called hibernation. So, hey, um, happy to be. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, man I, I appreciate you saying we could do the podcast. And then my schedule opening up. And in fact, we didn't wake up my daughter. It's <laughs> we're doing pretty good right now. So, let's see if I can wrap this bad boy up as Kawhi skips up to court from Game Five. Um, if you want to listen to the hibernation podcast, you just got to go to iTunes. Type in hibernation. And I ask you to do a couple things. This guy right here listened to me last time. I ask you to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Go in there, write a review, rate the show. It takes not even a minute to do it. Just say a couple nice words. Or just do the star rating thing. And that way the show gets more visibility. And then, like I said, once I get about three on there, I won't care anymore about this other podcast having, having uh, reviews and stuff on there. So if you could do that. And then subscribe, and you'll be able to get every episode as it comes out directly to you. And then uh, share so you can spread the word, of course. I appreciate everybody that retweets me or reposts the link. Um, uh, I, really, I really appreciate all of that. And if you go to behyphen.com, there's a link at the top. It says hyphenation. You can find all 30 two episodes because I haven't put 33 on there yet but all 34 episodes of hyphenation on there top to bottom you can see the descriptions listen to the episodes right there on that page and then if you want to take it one step further you can find hyphenation on Stitcher you can go to Stitcher on the website you can go to Stitcher on the app listen to it there Google Play I know that Eric listens to it on Google Play I love the fact that Google Play pretty much tells me when iTunes updates my shit and it says, oh, there's a new episode of Hypernation. I'm like, well, no shit, Google Play. But <laughs> seriously, I, I do uh, I, check it out on Google Play. And then if you go to the Podcast Central link on com and go to Hypernation, you will see something called a feed burner link, an RSS feed link. You can put that into your favorite podcast listening device, and then you can listen to Hypernation however you want to. Or just Google it, Hypernation Podcast. One of these pie catchers got it. They got that fire. They're just dying to give it to you. And no, it's not an STD. So, <laughs> please check me out. Um, you can be like Marcus and be proactive and be like, yo, I want to be on the show. And I might, I'll probably be like, yeah, I don't want to be on the show. But no, seriously, <laughs> Marcus has uh, reached out to me multiple times about various episodes. And he did that by either messaging me on Twitter or emailing me at b at gmail.com, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N at gmail.com. Also the same handle on Twitter, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N. Uh, you can find me on there. You can check me out on Facebook, on facebook.com slash resilient redundancies. I've, I've uh, trimmed down the content so much, I've moved all the curated content I share during the week, mostly shit that I read that I think is cool, moved it to the Nerd Fresh page. So... Now, Resilient Redundancies is more focused on me. I think I only have one thing this week, but that's what happens when what happened to me last week happened. And I might get into that in episode 35. Um, but yeah, man. What else do I got to say? Let's see. I, I covered all the bases. Twitter. 
Facebook. Um, you can you can send me a a letter in the mail, like DM me or something. I'll give you my address. Like yes, <laughs> no pipe bombs, as uh, my my man Thomas DJ would say. Uh, my main man. I feel like Ahmad was shot up in this bitch. Uh, <laughs> tell, if, tell how good a movie I. Uh, that was Friday's. The next time you hear this man's voice, he was listening to it last or watching it last night. Next time you hear this man's voice, I sincerely hope that is so we can do a, a commentary. We're not just going to review Devil Wears Prada. No, we will sit and watch <laughs> Devil Wears Prada and do a commentary for it. Because I'm dying to do some commentaries. I've mentioned it in previous episodes, but I would love to sit here and break down Devil Wears Prada over some Line and Kugels and Bud Light with my man Marcus showing Mad Love Robinson. So that's coming. So if that turns you off, well, it's still the world's greatest podcast. So you have to keep listening. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm leaving something out. I always feel like I'm leaving something out. It's two minute, two hours and eleven minutes. This is a damn good episode. Hyphenation's in full effect. Episode 35 soon cometh. I think episode 36, I still promised to Mike. I wonder if he remembers that. Because I keep saying it, but he's never said, Yo, when you're going to do episode 36. So, always got something in the chamber like Wu-Tang. <laughs> Three beers in. Good night. Good fight. Uh... Shout out to uh, Mills Lane. <laughs> but yeah, seriously though, if if you do anything, if you do anything, I just want you to do one thing. I want you to watch The Wonder Years. Because <laughs> I just finished it. And I have some thoughts about the last episode that I might share in episode 34. We'll see. But no, seriously. Uh... Like Marcus said, be good to yourselves and each other to still Jerry Springer's line. <laughs> Shout out to all my friends and family. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of y'all that listen. Rate and review my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Love y'all though. And uh, without further ado, thanks y'all.